You guys all set? Yep. Yep. I don't need to piss yet, so that's a good thing. Alright, well, let's get started. Welcome to the UHM Podcast with your hosts, Ryan and Shane. everybody and welcome to episode 24 of the UHM Horror Podcast. I'm your host Ryan Tudelo and joining me again are my co-hosts Mr. Shane Smith and Mr. Mike Whittemore. Shane, Mike, how are you guys doing today? I'm good. Fantastic. Excellent. Beautiful Sunday afternoon or Sunday night for you I guess Shane. Yeah it's been it's actually been really beautiful today. It's been really it's been really nice and warm. Very sunny. Yeah, same here. I spent my day out uh, clearing prickers and brush out of my garden. I I went to my mother's for lunch and came back and had to stop Ziggy from jumping off of the balcony. Yeah, because he saw a bird this time. And um, he wouldn't have made it because it's like a 40-foot drop. Um, cause I'm on the third floor, I'm on the top floor. And, um, if he'd have jumped, it could have been splat. Yeah. I had to, I had to pull him away from the ledge a couple of times. He's now, he's now gotten to the stage where he jumps up on the bars outside my flat and he sits there precariously and then meows at me because he can't get down. What an asshole. Cat logic. Cats. Yeah. But he's actually gone into the other room, and I think he might be asleep, so we might be ziggy-free tonight. Yeah, right. He's just lulling you into a false sense of security, and then he's going to explode. Yeah, but if he... Oh, well, fuck it. If he does. (laughs) I don't care. He's happy. I'm happy. You know, it's all good. Good to hear. I'm feeling positive. How about you, Mike? How are you doing today? Uh, it's not a bad day. I woke up, watched the new uh, MST3K, and uh, it's 70 degrees outside right now. Oh, I'm sure tomorrow will be yet. 30. I, I saw the, um, I got that email about the, the early um, the early viewing, but I knew I was just going to be too busy this weekend to catch it. Doesn't it start on Netflix like this week or uh, next week? F- Friday it starts. Friday? All right. I'll just wait till then. I can, I can hold out for another week. Yeah, I, w- so. I won't say anything. I you know I posted yeah, that's a, okay. a spoiler thing in uh, UHM the forum, but that's about it. Yeah, I already read it. <laughs> oh, you read the spoilers? <laughs> what the hell? It's fucking mystery science theater. It's a it, 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 it's guys sitting in front of a screen <laughs> watching a fucking movie making comments. I mean, I don't know what you're gonna spoil. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. It's it's different. Yeah, I'll I'll watch it. I'll check it out. Um, I've been I've been waiting for years and years for that comeback so oh yeah i mean gonna, same here it's... even if it's bad i'm gonna have to support it i'm gonna have to like well we have to what all the much money we put into it you know yeah i know right i'm gonna have <laughs> i'm gonna have to have it on a constant loop on my netflix just having it play over and over again yeah. just so i can make sure that they get enough views that i could get another season out of them yeah i'm sure I they will my real goal. so well mm. <sighs> well that's exciting so yeah um we uh, I forgot to do a little intro there. 
We're the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. And uh, if anyone would like to get a hold of us, you can hit us up on our Gmail account, uhmpod at gmail.com. And um, we like to sit here and talk about horror movies and whatever else. As, uh, as opposed to that last episode where we basically just covered comedies the whole time. I was I was thinking that when I was um, I was putting the episode out, and I, there's a couple other ho- new horror groups that I joined. One of my, one of my friends um, uh, started a new horror group. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll put it on there. Then I'm like, you know what? I probably shouldn't put the first episode that I uh, that I put on on this group as one that we don't even talk about any horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was good so, fun. That was good fun, that episode. Yeah, that was great. Um, I had an awesome time doing the, uh, the Cornetto trilogy. Especially yeah. since we but, agreed that all of us agreed that World's End was the worst one. Yes, Screw without you. a doubt. Screw oh, you. Shane, I didn't see you there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Fuck unanimous, you. unanimous decision. Screw you all. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> so, yeah, that was good. Um, I, listening back to it when I edited that, um, the freaking the, the interaction between you and uh, and Brian was cracking me up, Shane. Yeah. You guys going back and forth. <laughs> each other's balls. Do you know what? We do that on chat as well. It's just so funny. Because he'll he'll just call me a prick and I'll call him a wanker and we all know it's good banter and yeah it's it's just hilarious and it's funny because I've had conversations with Brian before where we were sat there and we've got so much in common it's fucking freaky it really is and we have such a good rapport and you know mm-hmm. I messaged him I think it was the other night and I just said to him I said look man I said but I think I could speak for everybody else when we will get you back on because he really enjoyed it. And yeah. he said he wants to come back on. I was like, "Fuck yeah, we'll have you back on." Oh yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have to do. We'll, we'll find a good topic for him. Well, we'll have to come up with something interesting. Clown horror, definitely. I think. Yeah, uh, I, I I'm just putting. You know what? Maybe maybe we should hold off until the new it comes out, and maybe we'll talk about it and other clown horror. How about yeah, that? Yeah, see, because that would be another, perfect. Yeah, it would be perfect. We've got another five months yet, so. Is it that far off? Yeah, September the eighth. Jesus. Wow, I, th- I I really thought it was in the summer. No, how much they're uh, advertising it? I thought it was coming out like soon. Yeah, right. Yeah, September eighth. Um, huh. I've actually let's talk about that trailer for a minute. What did you guys think of it? Oh yeah, I forgot we were supposed to talk about like upcoming horror movies. Yeah, but um, <laughs> oh, is that what UHM stands for? Yeah, apparently so. Oh, fuck <laughs> it. We've been doing this wrong the whole time. <laughs> no, we actually have. I like talking about the old movies. No, okay, we'll talk about it. So that, so I, b- before this trailer came out, this movie was getting a lot of um, attention from like a lot of the horror sites and and horror community and stuff that I go through. Every little bit that dropped, every image, every interview, every scrap of information, people were going nuts for, acting like it was like an Avengers film or something. Yeah, and. Um, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I, I couldn't care less. It was, you know, the the first the first TV movie was fine. I, yeah. I don't consider it a masterpiece. It's good. Tim Curry's great because he's Tim Curry. Of course. Yeah, other than that, other than that, the movie's like, eh, it's it's drawn out and it's kind of boring. And I hate the adult sections. Right. Um. So I didn't care that they were doing a remake. I didn't pay attention to it at all. 
when and when they uh, they drop this trailer, I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll take a look at it. I watched it and I was like, wow, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm I'm actually interested in seeing it now. It it looks decent. It's got good cinematography. There's a little kid getting his face bashed in. That's funny. I mean, these are all positives, you know. I I personally hated the original. Like I, the only thing I love about the original is Tim Curry, because as you said, it's Tim Curry. It's hard to go wrong with him. But uh, I just I thought the adult sections were terrible. The ending was ludicrous. It was stupid. I never read the book. I have the book. I never read it. But when the trailer came out, I was like, huh, that's uh, that may uh, warrant a theater viewing. Um, I have to say, I saw the teaser trailer for the teaser of the trailer um, that they released uh, the night before. And I got goosebumps in a big way because um, it's like 20 seconds long and then I was like holy shit you know I mean that gave me goosebumps and then when the trailer dropped I watched it three times and I was like fuck you know because it was literally my instant reaction when I first saw it I was like fuck and then it was really creepy it was atmospheric it looked amazing um I'm still a bit. I'm still a bit out there on Pennywise himself, although he does look good. Um, but <laughs> when uh, when the clown runs, I thought, oh yeah, that's a comedy clown. That is. That's just like that. Just looks wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, but, when, he's, when he bends over and yeah, runs toward the camera. Yeah, but the creepiest parts of it for me was when Pennywise is coming out of the water, and. You know, there's all those little bits and the whole bit with Georgie at the beginning of the trailer. Yeah. I mean, there was there was a um, a split screen trailer of the new it and the original it. And those scenes were practically um, remade scene for scene. They, but the new version looks so much better. And... What I like about it, because I've read the book and I've read it a few times over the years. I mean, it, admittedly, it's a weighty tome. It's like eleven hundred and eighty pages, which is quite, yeah. quite a, quite a task. But I've read it a few times, and what I'm looking forward to in this is that, that because it's being split into two movies anyway, um, they're actually incorporating all of the elements from the book into the film. So. They're not cutting much out. I mean, obviously, there's a scene they're cutting out where the uh, the kids have the um, underage orgy um, to lose their innocence. Um, that scene's being cut out completely. But it I can't does. see why. Yeah, I mean, it was it just looks amazing. It really does, and I'm looking forward to it. So sept- September eighth, I will be going to the theaters to watch it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the cinematography looks great, and that's something you don't see, you see a lot in modern horror. Mm. Uh, I, I don't I don't think there's a lot of horror movies that look good nowadays. I mean, probably the closest you could come. I mean, other than something like you know uh, uh, Prometheus or you know something with like Ridley Scott. Yeah. Um. It, I mean, The Conjuring looks okay, but it's still got that sort of dull tone over it. Mm. And and I think they do that on purpose to sort of give it like that set, uh, 60s, 70s feel. Um, everything's kind of dingy and, and not crisp and, and dark. I don't know. I like the way it looks. Yeah. And 
Uh, I like the you know they got that one kid in it from Stranger Things, so that's always good. Yeah, I think they did that because Stranger Things just went fucking mental, didn't it? It was uh... well, good good for them for picking him up. I mean, you know, yeah. when do you when do you see nowadays that kids become um, like a staple in a in in a scare a sci fi genre or a horror genre? I mean, exactly. back in the day, you had you know the the Corys. That would pop in and out of horror movies and other things now yeah. and then. And, and even if you watch those old 80s uh, slashers and stuff, you'll see the same kid recycled over and over from different movies. Yeah, plus you've so. got people like Daniel Harris as well, who made it big in like the Halloween films and what have you. She's, no, she's gone on to become like one of the current squeak, scream queens as well. Oh, yeah. The, uh-huh. um, I just hope it doesn't take a toll on those kids because I know I forget her last name, but Millie Eleven, who plays in Stranger Things, Millie her Brown. real name is Millie, like Bobby Brown or something. Yeah. And uh, I was supposed to meet her at Texas Frightmare Weekend in a few weeks, but she is just like apparently like super tired and overwhelmed with everything. She's not going to be there, which I'm totally cool with. I'm not complaining, but I'm just hoping that all this isn't too overwhelming for them, you know? Yeah. See, the thing is, I mean, they put so much pressure on these kids. Yeah, definitely. And it's like they expect them to do an adult's job, and they can't do it. You know, they're young. They're, they're going to be burnt out before they even turn 15 at the rate things are going. I mean, those kids, they're like, what, 11, 12 years old? Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, Yeah, probably. Yeah, and it's just going to burn them out. It might even like kill them i mean you never know they could go the core one of the Corey routes and like be in rehab by the time they're 14 yeah or, or something like... very more too same type, yeah, of type of thing yeah i mean it's it's just scary what they what kind of pressure they put these kids under and i know they have all the schooling on set and everything they have to do so many hours of school a day and... ah fuck that they don't need to learn anything just stand there and <laughs> fuck yeah. that now yeah. oh, come on they're making millions already. They don't need to learn anything. They have, they have more money than I'm going to make in my entire life. Yeah, but then you look at the look at um, the kid who plays Carl Grimes in Walking Dead. I mean, he's now 17 years old, and he's been doing that show for well since he was 10. And as like there was the big debate as to whether or not he was going to quit the show to go to college. But then it turns out he's got so much fucking money. He doesn't even need to go to college. He doesn't even need yeah. to do Well, the way they else. teach kids nowadays, too, it's like, what are they actually teaching them anyway? Well, yeah, I mean, it's compl- obviously it's, the schooling system in the U.S. is completely different to what it is in the U.K. Because in the U.K., all the kids turn out to be fuck-ups. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's face it. I mean, if you were to see the state of some of my nieces and nephews and how they grew up, you think, oh, yeah, can you spell retard? Um, <laughs> <laughs> But it's just, it is shocking. It really is. Kids. Who'd eat them? <laughs> well, on that cheery note, <laughs> let's let's move on to um, one of our, our, our favorite sections, what's going on. Um, so, so, Shane, besides watching the It trailer uh, four or five times in a row, uh, what else has been going on with you? Anything you've been watching, listening to, reading? Um, I haven't been reading anything apart from notes for various things. Um, but your your notebooks stacked up uh, with your insane rambling scrawled through. 
Oh yeah, all like, that, all that too. I, yeah. pi- I, pi- I picture something like the guy from Seven, with just notebooks lined on the walls. <laughs> Is that without the serial killer aspect to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I've well, to be quite honest with you, I've not really been watching much. I've had a lot going on this week, um, personally. So, um, uh, it's uh, I've not really actually been doing much in the way of watching stuff or reading but i have been listening to a lot of music just basically get me through the day sort of thing in the past few days i've been listening to a lot of um old school stuff old school um electro and goth um digging out fields of the nephilim and bauhaus and the mission because obviously i'm going to see the mission next month so um that been uh, one of the first gigs I've been to for a while, um, but yeah, listening to a lot of the old uh, the new Depeche Mode album, I'm still listening to because it's so good. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, obviously, lots of David Bowie, um, and that's about it, really. You know, so I've just basically I've been trying to focus on positive things, and because I've had some good news this week. Um, you know, feeling a little bit better. I'd like more sleep, though, because it seems that now that summer is coming around, uh, my age-old sleeping pattern of only getting four hours a night seems to be creeping back in. Oh, fuck that. I wish yeah. I got four hours a night. Oh, man, you don't know the half of it. So it's like a combination of insomnia and, like, my own doing, really, by just staying up and chatting to people online and <laughs> um, just watching crap on tv but um i've just been uh trying to focus on positive things recently yeah, i don't know how you guys do it if, if i don't get like a solid six to you know six to eight hours of sleep i'm dead the next day if i get six to eight hours of sleep because i work morning so i have to wake up at like three in the morning and be at work about yeah. four and uh if i get six to eight hours i feel more tired than i was if i got three or four yeah, likewise, actually. I mean, the last time I got eight hours sleep, I felt fantastic when I woke up for the first hour, I had a cup of coffee and wanted to go back to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Because my body is so used to getting three to four hours a night, I've just become accustomed to it over the years. So if I'm lucky if I get four, well, between three and five hours a night, put it that way. Nice. That's why. So I, how about you? How about I, you, Mike? Have you uh, been getting into anything that recently? Uh, let's see. I, I finished up uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I saw your review on the yeah. uh, on the site. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good game. Um, so I started up uh, Kingdom Hearts. I got the remaster for PS4. Is that just a remake or what is that? It's uh, it's like the PS3 um remaster but they ported it to ps4 and they they bundled it with kingdom hearts 2 and like four or five of the other games that came out four there's that many games I, yeah because no idea there's yeah there's like games. they do like see i'm a super big uh noob in the kingdom hearts so i'm not a like a I, i've huge never fan. played a single one but I, i've never played one they're fun i mean um yeah so that was that was being sold for like 40 bucks so i i nabbed that um, I've been watching a lot of MST3K recently because of the new uh, season. Um, let's see. I've been listening to a lot of music. 
like always. Uh, there's this band, uh, Revocation, one of my favorite bands. It's a technical thrash metal band from Boston. Uh, uh, technical thrash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's a band I've been listening to. I don't know if Shane's heard of them. They're from uh, the UK, I think. It's called uh, Send More Paramedics. Oh, I know Send More Paramedics. Yeah, that's uh, it's they do like horror, uh, punk and uh, like thrash metal. And it's yeah. most of their songs are based off horror films. Send More Pyramids is obviously from Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, it's it's a really good band. Uh, other than that, it's been working, going to school, and, and yeah, that's it. Nice. So okay. I've been, um, in my in my spare time, I've been, um, I started reading the some of the Injustice comics, which uh, if, if anybody played the video game Injustice Gods Among Us, it's a um, <clears throat> it's a DC fighting game where you know it's Batman, Superman, and blah blah blah, and uh, the whole the game has like a, a plot. It's it's one of the fighting games that has like a serious plot throughout the game. Like you and it's and it's like legitimate. It takes about seven to eight hours to get through, just playing through it. It's a really good story. So I've been reading the comics that sort of tell the backstory to that, and they're awesome. Oh wow! They're like like reading these. It, it's like everything. That like Batman v Superman should have been, like if they went in this direction, it would have been perfect. Like it explains everything why Superman snapped and why he becomes like this bad guy, and um, you know, go, really goes into the mythology of the characters. And they throw in like a, a, each sort of uh, collection of the Injustice comics deals with like a different sort of set in the DC universe, like the the first series is really about, like, the ground characters, the, the main ones in the DC Universe, Flash, Batman, Green Arrow, and, like, how they all deal with the situation. The second series is, like, all the Green Lanterns because they're really cosmic and all these cosmic beings dealing with stuff. And then the third series is all magic. It's, like, John Constantine and Swamp Thing and all these other guys that have to deal with them. It, it's it's awesome. I love it. And the, 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 la the fourth one is about... Um, the gods of the DC universe, like the uh, Zeus and and sort of the new gods stuff with Darkseid and all them. Um, I just really like it, and they're coming out with Injustice 2 later this year, so I'm getting pumped for, for that story, actually. I'm looking forward to more of those, which is pretty good. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean, they're cheap, too. Like, if you go on Comixology, they, the collections go on sale. And you like the whole series that that covers like like I'd sort of described the split ups they have in there. They're, they split into years. It's like year one, year two, year three. Uh, um, a whole year's worth is like five dollars sometimes. So it's absolutely worth going and picking up and checking them out. And they're good stories. They're not like the best thing I've ever read, but if you're a fan of sort of the overall DC thing, like if you like all those characters, it's you have to check it out. It's great. Um, speaking of comics, I also watched Iron Fist on Netflix. And? And I had, this has been, it, it, it was one of my most anticipated shows because Iron Fist is a character that is just kung fu. Like, that's all this dude does. He's a kung fu guy. He does kung fu. This show is the worst fucking kung fu I've ever seen. <laughs> It was horrible, and I'm, I'm sorry to spoil that if anybody hasn't watched this. But I got the more I thought about this show, the more pissed off I got. <laughs> like imagine, if, imagine if you were watching. Okay, so so Daredevil, right, is a show about a lawyer who's blind and he beats up people at night in in, in a costume, right? Right. Uh, imagine if the law scenes were awful, 
and he was terrible at beating people up. And it's hard be to like see because, like, the Daredevil fighting scenes are phenomenal. They're so they good. Are. So I thought, oh, my God, it's going to be like Daredevil, but, you know, jumped up a notch and they're going to have way more kung fu because that's, you know, this guy's supposed to be the kung fu expert of the Marvel Universe. And it's horrible. The, the kid cannot do any martial arts. Like, if you thought, like, Keanu Reeves was no good I was good just in the Matrix, thinking that. <laughs> it's, it, he's a hundred times better than this guy. This guy is the wettest, like, limpiest noodle you've ever seen. He's got no muscle tone. I swear to God, I look bigger than this guy when I take my shirt off. <laughs> you're like, this is the, like, they show him all the time without his shirt on. And you're like, really? This guy? This guy looks like he could beat up by a 12-year-old girl at the playground. Was he super toned in the comics? Well, he's a kung fu guy. He looks like, in the comics, he looks like Bruce Lee. I mean, except he's white in the comics, you know, but he, like, he's, he's super ripped and he's lean, but the guy's cut. Like, it should have been someone along the lines of, like, a Jet Li type or, you know, somebody that's just really good at martial arts. I almost wish they picked up, like, you know, one like a Tony Jaa or someone like that and just stuck him in the part. It would have been way better. Then they could have had something interesting to do. But in, in the show itself, I'll try not to get into the spoilers of the story, but the first four episodes are so boring, I almost quit. Wow. I, I almost just gave up and didn't finish it. But I'm like, I got to get through it because I fucking I love the Netflix shows. I, I can't wait for the Defenders. And this guy is going to be on the Defenders. And now I'm like, I don't even want him on the team. I just fucking <laughs> uh, so disappointing, especially because I love fucking Daredevil. I love Jessica Jones. I liked Luke Cage. It was OK. I'm not crazy about it. The first half of the show was amazing. The second half was like, once they got rid of the good villain in Luke Cage, they brought in the second villain. I'm like, eh, this guy sucks. But it was still fun. This show, not fun, not interesting, bad acting, bad kung fu, bad everything. It's it. This is the worst MCU thing they've done. Like of of all like the Thor like the Thor movies if you don't like those no that's nothing this is the worst without a doubt wow so yeah that's my Iron Fist review nice so Ugh. so you give that a glowing zero out of ten yeah I I would say that's a solid one star um if you're gonna watch this in fact you know what don't <laughs> don't watch it just <laughs> At least you're watch honest. somebody just watch somebody's rant on YouTube about the complaints about it and 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 ha and at the end they'll give spoilers and summarize what happens in the story just watch whatever that is you know I'm, I'm, every, every youtuber that does comic reviews and stuff like that will have a video like that just watch that so um <laughs> we can so ryan we can find your video where <laughs> shane if i had a youtube video it would be boring and it would just be me swearing on camera what i just said <laughs> yeah it's kind of standard really isn't it yeah so saw, yeah it's I, crap don't watch it see if i was to set up a youtube channel it'll be i'm a goth i'm miserable and here's how you swear in english <laughs> <laughs> and let me try to catch my cat from jumping off the balcony ziggy you little cunt yeah that kind of stuff lots of swearing at the cat yeah yeah so that's what that's what i got going on um, you guys want to get into our main topic for this episode? Yeah, um, sure. 
All right, so we didn't really have a great topic, and we needed to get another episode cranked out, so I just said, we're doing werewolves. Uh, each of us picked two werewolf movies, and um, we're going to talk about them. And what's really so, funny was that I managed to successfully piss everybody off by sta- by choosing the two movies I was going for. Yeah, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, soon as Ryan, <laughs> soon as I, he's like, hey, I, let's do werewolves, I'm like, oh, sweet, I know which two I'm going to do, and Shane is like, oh, by the way, I'm going to do these. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, like as soon as I, it was like in the text, in, in the, the the messenger, as soon as I typed in like, oh, we'll just do werewolves, and Shane's like, I call this and this. <laughs> like the, within two seconds. <laughs> That was so funny. It was just like, uh, I just got called all the bastards under the sun for that. That was brilliant. <laughs> well, I, I knew, so I knew ahead of time that you guys were going to pick good movies. So I purposefully went against the grain. I did not select good movies to talk about because I feel like we need we need to broaden our horizons a little bit here. We're going to go, uh, we're going to dig a little bit deeper than, you know, the normal werewolf movies people talk about. But we'll start with you, Shane, since you were so excited to uh, <laughs> jump on the bandwagon right off the bat. Yeah. Um, which movie do you want to start with? I'm going to start with Dog Soldiers. All right, Dog Soldiers, uh, yeah. 2002, directed by Neil Marshall. Oh, good grief, really? 15 years ago? My God. Um, see, it's funny. I, it's it's funny because I saw this in theaters 15 years ago. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I'm old. Yeah, I wasn't uh, allowed to even see rated R movies back then, Shane. Wow. Yeah, Mike, he was just born back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's just been born as well. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Go on with your review. <laughs> <laughs> with, no, with, so you saw this in theaters. I don't know if this was in theaters in the U.S. I don't ever remember seeing a, a theatrical run of this. Yeah, it, um, oh man, it was. they released it in time for Halloween, if I remember correctly. I think it was around about Halloween. It was just uh, mm-hmm. heard. I mean, initially when I when I saw the posters for it, I was like, "All right, okay, so it's a werewolf movie, but it's a British werewolf movie, and it's done by Neil Marshall." And I thought to myself, "Okay, this could be good," because obviously I hadn't actually seen anything by him before. So I thought, "Up and coming director, give him a chance." Saw the film, absolutely loved it made me laugh throughout so many jokes in it it's great it's also gory as fuck which is why yeah. i enjoyed it so much but basically it's about a gr- it's about a group of um british army uh troopers on exercise in the scottish highlands well they say it's the scottish highlands but it's actually filmed in europe or wherever it was but um yeah basically these guys are out um on exercise and they're training. They have no ammo in their weapons or anything like that. But um, it's kind of they come across like some weird shit. I mean, they're all sat around a campfire, and uh, a half-eaten cow gets thrown at them from like a height, and they're like, "Oh, what the fuck!" And um, you know, it's uh, they're like, "What the fuck is going on?" So they go off investigating, and then they find the. Uh, the guy who's part of special ops um, hiding in uh, another camp and he's looking pretty wounded and pretty fucked up and he starts regaling all this shit and everyone's like, what the fuck is he talking about when he starts saying, there was only supposed to be one and he's like, you know, you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then um, much hilarity ensues when they discovered that they're not actually big dogs, they're fucking werewolves. 
So um, they hole up in this little cottage and um, they basically spend the rest of the evening. Oh, spoilers for any of you sad fuckers who haven't seen this film yet. Yeah, um, this, yeah I mean, if you haven't seen Dog Soldiers, pause the, f- the podcast, go watch it and then unpause it. Yeah, and then come back. But um, yeah, yeah. So you, you, you have to spoil this movie to talk about it, I well, feel like. Yeah, I mean, we have to do it with every movie we talk about anyway. So, it's too yeah. good not to spoil. Damn right. Yeah. But um, yeah, basically they hole up in this in this house, and um, you've <laughs> yeah they basically fend off these werewolves throughout the night, which is actually quite funny in some of the scenes. I mean, Sean Pertwee in this, he's brilliant when he's after he's like had his guts ripped out and all the rest of it, and they stitch him back or they stick him back together with super glue, um, and he's like recovering and he's drinking whiskey. And uh, he's like, I said, fucking knock me out. And then the guy punches him. Come on, you can't do it. And then he punches him again. And he knocks him out, <laughs> knocks him out cold. And then they just start sticking him together. And then like within like two hours or so, he's like healing up. And you're like, yeah, something's not quite right here. You know, he's definitely um, got a bit of uh, wolfy qualities to him. But it's just some of the characters in it are hilarious. It's typical British banter as well. It's British humour. Um, which is why I like it so much. Um, but even the uh, the werewolves themselves, they do actually look all right. You know, they're fairly passable for a film that was made on fuck all. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, obviously, it's so clearly people in suits. But, uh, you know, I just thought it was, it's a really enjoyable film. It's clever. It's visually, it's a good feast as well. I mean, like I said, did I mention how gory it was? <laughs> you know, Extremely gory. Yeah, it's it's just really cool. It's such a good film. I really enjoyed it. And um, oddly enough, well, not oddly, but funnily enough, I'm actually watching it now as we as we record said podcast. Oh, it's out in the background. Yep. So it's just it's coming to the near, near the end of the film actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's uh, it is one of those films where it does make me laugh a lot. Yeah, I I absolutely love Dog Soldiers. I probably saw it. I want to say um, probably late two thousand four, maybe two thousand five or so. Right. Um, on DVD, because uh, like I said, I don't I don't ever remember seeing it in theaters in the U.S. Uh, I mean, it probably hit a couple small foreign theaters, um, but. Yeah, when I saw it, I was, like, blown away because I hadn't seen a good werewolf movie at that point, you know, yeah. in, in at least a decade or more. Um, so it was awesome seeing something so sick like that. And, and all practical effects, like, no CGI. Yep. Um, some of the wolf scenes actually look really good for being such a low-budget film. Yep. Um, like, like when you have those scenes where the, the, the werewolf is standing up and they're like eight feet tall, yeah, you know, towering over the guys. It, it's so cool looking. And not only that, when they're having the fights in the house, um, it's like with Spoonie when uh, he's oh, Spoon, yeah, Spoon. When he, yeah, when he's uh, when he's having the punch up with the werewolf in the kitchen and he knows the werewolf's about to fucking eat him. And he just says, I hope I'll give you the shits. <laughs> I love that. That's like one yeah. of my oh, favorite man. lines ever. Yeah. That scene is so good. It's a dude fist fighting with a werewolf. Yeah. He's just he's like, boo, boo, boo. Uh, funnily enough, that scene's now coming up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, my so, God. 
uh, punches the way. Yeah, he's a great. Of times. Yeah. Um, I like uh, I like Liam Co- uh, Cunningham in that too. It's yeah, Captain Ryan. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He, he's awesome. Uh, he's the guy from. He's in Game of Thrones. Um, Sir Davos. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember his. Name. It's Davos. Yeah, it's yeah. Davos. <laughs> he's got a fucked up hand. <laughs> it's his strong <laughs> hand. <laughs> Your other hand. Give me your other hand. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So this is this has got a great cast, um, great special effects. This is one of my favorite werewolf movies, without a doubt. And I actually used to use this movie as a test uh, if I was going on a date with a girl. Really? Cool. This would be the test. If oh, if they enjoyed Dog Soldiers, then they stick around. If they didn't like it, they were out. <laughs> I did that with RoboCop with uh, Val, actually. Yes, that's another good one. Second date, I showed her RoboCop. I'm like, "What do you think?" She's like, "I loved it." I'm like, "Okay, you're you're one for me." <laughs> that's a keeper. Oh man, yeah, I, I really like this movie. The, the biggest disappointment is that we never got that Dog Soldiers sequel. Oh, you know I'm that... glad. I'm glad we didn't. I'm actually really yeah I'm really glad we didn't because they were going to Americanize it and they were going to have like American soldiers come in and like completely big budget kind of deal that was this was the this was the spiel I'd heard about it it was going to yep. be going to be a big budget movie lots of big name actors and it was going to be like completely Americanized and Kevin McKidd who is the survivor of dog soldiers was going right. to come back as a cameo and I was like, nah, fuck it. Nah, I wouldn't watch it. There's no way. So I am very glad that it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But for, for the longest time, this was like, oh, coming next year. That was every year since 2002. Uh, was, they were predicting a Dog Soldier sequel, and it just never happened. I think if Neil never Marshall went together. back to it now, I think it would, it would work because it's been so long. And he's a phenomenal director. I mean, yeah, he's a great director. I mean, he was descent. so adamant about no CGI in Dog Soldiers. He wanted yeah. it, no computerized animation in there at all. And I think if he was at the helm of it and he had creative control, I think a sequel would very much work. Yeah. I mean, he's he's on, like, TV now. I mean, that seems to be the majority of what he's doing. He directs amazing um, Game of Thrones episodes. He's done, like, two or yeah. three, and they're awesome. They're so yep. good. See, I think, I mean, for me, I mean, when he did um, Doomsday, um, the film after. Yeah, I never saw that one. Oh, man, you need to see that. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, how can you describe it? It's kind of like having, like, modern day, um, futuristic, medieval, (laughs) and, like, all all kinds of other shit going on. You know, in this one film, and it is really, really cool. It's really clever. Plus, it's got the hottest-looking cannibal girl in it ever. That's what you're into. Well, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the chick on the front cover. I mean, she's got like, um, she's got like dreads, and she's got tattoos. She's got tribal tattoos on her face. She looks fucking sexy, and you know, she's carries a sword around with her, and it's just like, hello. But um, no, it's it's just a really good film. I think you'd enjoy yeah. that. Plus, yeah, Bob Hoskins I, I might... is in it. Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins yeah. is in it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Now I'm in. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome in that. He's not in it for long, but he's awesome in it. He really is. 
But hmm. uh, yeah, you better. I might even own this. I'm not even sure. It might it might be on my uh, on my DVD shelf, and I just never watched it. Well, you need to watch that motherfucker because it is a good. Yeah, yeah, girl. yeah. I'll add it on. I'll add it on the list. Plus, it's got a really cool soundtrack. Oh, Malcolm McDowell's in it. Yeah. Element. Yeah, he's Sweet. he's really good in it as well. Awesome. So yeah, Dog Soldiers is yeah. great. Um, it's. Do you think the twist in the movie works, or is it too obvious? Um, the first time I watched it, I was kind of surprised. I have to say, um, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Um. Because, well, it was just one of those movies, first time seeing it, didn't know what to expect. But um, when, oh yeah, big spoiler alert, when you find out that the woman who's been helping them all along is actually in working in conjunction with the werewolves, because she is an actual werewolf herself, um, it does surprise you. Yeah, I think that twist is pretty good. I wasn't expecting it at all. I think it's good, but I don't know. I, I like the twist, but I don't know if it's as effective as it could have been. I, I feel like th- there's way too many hints throughout the movie um, that sort of spoil the twist. I, I, I think if they played it a little bit less obvious, I think it would work better. Yeah. Um, the, the, the other thing I will say that's sort of a negative on this movie is that all the werewolves look the same. Yeah, they do. It was literally from what I can make from what I can remember, I think it was like they had three werewolf suits. Yeah. And it was supposed to be like a family of four or five or something like that. So they had literally mm-hmm. the same three guys in these suits running around like having it make up as if it was like more more of them. Which is why there yeah, were so it- many cutaway angles and stuff. I think it would have been interesting if um, if the werewolves themselves were more unique, and yeah. you could all you could almost give each one you know personality traits or have each one be individualized a little bit. Yeah, like with um, like with scarring or like um, like different colored fur and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And, like well, well he did patterns. that with the descent. I mean, everybody, all the uh, little like underground guys, <laughs> they all had their own yeah, personality, boy. and that's what he wanted in descent. If he would have done that and Dog soldiers, that would have been awesome. Yeah, I'm sure it was a budget. I I guarantee it was a budget thing. I mean, I'm sure sure he would have loved to do it, but just, you know, okay, we've only got two werewolf heads in in one body suit, so. (laughs) Let's make it work. (laughs) Yeah, see, the thing is, I mean, I wasn't a fan of The Descent. It's funny, because everybody raved about it, and I wasn't overly keen on it. Really? Yeah, I just didn't. I like, well, that, that whole claustrophobic aspect of The Descent is is what gets me. I mean, not so much the the little mutant cannibal, whatever the hell they are, yeah. you know, crawling around killing people. I mean, that's fine, that's interesting. But like, the, what what kills me is when the girls are crawling through those tight fucking oh. rock spaces. Holy shit! I'm like, oh my god, this is way too creepy. I can't take it. I love it. Yeah, it's like the, he added in so many. I know it's off. Uh, topic of dog soldiers but neil marshall is such a talented director in descent he put those little creatures in like in the first like half an hour and you don't even see them but if someone tells you hey look over there you see like little silhouettes of them crawling around and it's just like little things like that make it seem so much more claustrophobic because they're always getting you know stared at and the scene where um she's got the camera 
and they they turn around and one of those creatures is standing behind that other girl and they all scream and they lose their shit and like they weren't expecting that at all like that uh reaction was 100 percent genuine and he's just <laughs> i just think he was a fantastic director just for that alone all right, and we're not supposed to be talking about the descent, but I got to ask you guys, <laughs> the ending of the descent or, or the the multiple endings of the descent. What do you guys think of that? The first time I saw it, I hated the ending because I saw the uh I guess the not so uh positive ending where she's just she uh you know gets out of the cave, she runs to the car and she drives off and that's just in her head. And, yeah. you know, she goes back to the cave and she's really just she just lost her shit. I prefer the more positive ending, but I really appreciate the more uh, uh, dread ending where she just like loses her shit. Yeah. Yeah. She's like imagines escaping, getting to the. Yeah. I mean, that's a, here's a spoiler for the descent, which we weren't <laughs> talking about. <laughs> I think that's a twist in itself that it was just done. Oh, that's a huge. That's a huge well. twist. And it's such yeah, a little time. And, and, Right, you don't see it coming because it's part of the movie, and you're like, "Oh, this is what's happening," and then you're like, it, "But, but if you watch it again, it does seem out of place." You're like, "This doesn't make like, I guess the movie's over and they're just wrapping it up," but then all of a sudden, poof, right back to where you were, yep. and you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know, I don't remember yeah. much about it. I don't remember much about the descent because I think I only watched it. I watched it once or twice. And I think it was after the second time I was just like, nah, I was just didn't I just didn't like it that much. Yeah, yeah. It is. She like she like she escapes from the hole and makes it to the car and drives off and she's like crying, but then it like cuts back and she was just completely imagining that and she's still stuck in the cave. If yeah. you do watch the first shit. one, Shane, don't watch the sequel because it's not done by Neil Marshall and the the quote unquote survivor because I guess she did get out of the cave the- yeah I, I i don't get the sequel at all i i've watched it one time and i honestly don't remember it they at all. bring her back in the damn cave i i know Why? it doesn't make any sense she's like ah cool yeah no problem oh the cave yeah sure that's i mean <laughs> that sort of thing works in evil dead because ash is an idiot but you, like, yeah this girl is not a moron she wouldn't go back to this to the cabin yeah Oh shit! All right, now that we've covered Dog Soldiers and the Descent. <laughs> Neil Marshall Double Bill. <laughs> Neil Marshall Double Bill. Um, so yeah, Dog Soldiers, amazing. I think uh, modern day werewolves. I think this was the 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 kickoff of the modern day werewolf. Um, there was sort of a. We got werewolf movies in the 80s. We got werewolf movies in the 90s. And then after the early 90s, it was just sort of schlock and garbage uh, until Dog Soldiers came out. And that sort of rejuvenated, I guess, the werewolf subgenre. And, we're, you know, we were able to get better, newer movies after that. Um, it wasn't essentially a lost cause. So I think Dog Soldiers had a lot to do with pushing that forward. Yeah, and the fact that it was all practical effects led those these future werewolf movies to be like, oh yeah, practical effects are pretty good. Maybe we should do that instead of just shitty CGI the whole time. Um, which was happening up up at, until that point. So kudos to Dog Soldiers and Neil Marshall for kicking that off. Yes. But since we're talking practical effects, Shane, mm-hmm. why don't we go over um, the movie with? Quite possibly the best transformation and practical effects of any movie of all time. An American werewolf in London. 
Yes. Yes. This is possibly one of my all-time favorite werewolf movies. Um, yeah, I just can't fault it in any way. Well, I say I can't fault it. I mean, that ending is a bit cheesy, but the film itself, it's, I've watched it so many times over the years, and it gets better You know, every time I watch it because you notice little things that you never noticed before. But, um, yeah, an American werewolf in London has bet a couple of American lads, um, college grads, who are over in the UK doing a tour of the UK. And uh, they end up, so I, you know, skipping forward a bit, you know, they end up in a pub called The Slaughtered Lamb, right. um, where they notice there's like a five-pointed star on the wall and when they ask what the star is about, they basically get kicked out of the pub. Um, you know, because obviously these are lo- it's a local pub for local people. They'll have no trouble here. Um, that kind of thing. Sorry, that was a League of Gentlemen quote. Um, and it's... They start walking, although they get told to avoid the moors, stay on the road, um, they inadvertently end up on the moors, and before they realise it, they're like, oh shit, we're on the moors. And then they hear the howling, and they're like, uh, what was that? And one of them, I think it's um, Griffin Dunn's character, uh, he suggests that maybe it's a coyote, and then David says, no, there are no coyotes in England. <laughs> and then... They start running and they start legging it and then David trips over and then his buddy tries to help him up and as he gets as he tries to help him up, he um, then gets, uh, let's just say, minced by a werewolf. And then David gets up and legs it. He comes running back. He's like, oh, shit. And then he goes back to his friend. And then when he goes back, his friends mince meat on the, on the moors and then he gets um, attacked and then saved by the inhabitants, the locals in the pub. But then he wakes up like three weeks later in hospital um, under the care of... Um, under, the, oh, under the care of... Jenny Agatha. Yep. Um, oh, Christ, what's the other guy's name? Oh, the doctor? John Woodhouse. Woodvine, Sorry. Dr. Hirsch, is it? Yeah. Um, and basically, because he has nowhere to go, American Embassy is involved, and they basically say, yeah, the police are going to come talk to you to find out what's going on. And um, he start, David starts to hallucinate while he's in the hospital, and he starts having these visions of him running through the woods and eating a, eating a, bear, a deer and, um, like, in bed and waking up with, like, fangs and funny eyes and all that kind of shit. Um, basically, um, Jenny Agatha's nurse takes him back to her place, so he's got somewhere to stay in the meantime. And uh, <clears throat> which leads on to the best transformation scene in any werewolf movie. The best. The absolute the, yeah, best. Yeah, the absolute best. Anybody argues... The- if anybody argues about it, you're fucking wrong because this is, without a doubt, the best werewolf transformation scene in any film anywhere. The um, makeup effects in this won an Academy Award. Yes, and they in, they invented the this special makeup effects award for this movie. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, that scene took six days to film, 
and you could tell how good it was. I mean, just the close-ups alone and like the sound effects that went with it. Oh, so good. Yeah, and it's on scene for two minutes. That's it. It's like two minutes on film, the best transformation scene ever created by Rick Baker. Um, And it's, or should we say, the late, great Rick Baker. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just everything about the film after that, it's just funny. You know, it's, you've got so many comedy elements to it. It's a very black comedy. It really is. Right, well, it's it directed by John Landis, who is yes. known for for his comedies and for American Werewolf in London. And Michael, um, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yes. Well, he got, he got brought into... Michael Jackson loved this movie so much that he's like, get me John Landis, get me Rick Baker, get me yeah. everybody that made American Werewolf in London yeah. for my Thriller video. Which uh, is which is arguably the best music video of all time. I agree. Actually, I I still say it is one of the best music videos ever created. <clears throat> but um, yeah. yeah, yeah. How could you deny that? It's <laughs> oh, so good. Oh come on, good. Ryan. This is maybe Mine. for you older people. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> have you ever seen like the extended thriller video? That's like I have not twenty minutes. Oh my god, it's it's amazing. It's like the whole story in between, you know, all around the song. So you've got like a zombie Michael Jackson, you've got werewolf Michael Jackson. Um, but at the end of the day, it's Vin- still Michael Jackson. You've yeah, got well, Vincent uh, Price, but it's like one of the best Michael Jackson songs too. It's so good. Yeah, but it's just like the whole video itself is just like a spectacle. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anywho, um, you know, it's like going back to the film, it's just... One of those films, obviously, is a very black comedy. You've got your gore as well, because John Landis has gone on record and said when he created the high-def DVD release for the 20th anniversary edition, or the is it the 25th? Yeah, the 25th. No, 21st anniversary edition. Um, he didn't realise how gory the film actually was, um, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. But um, it's just like the scene when he wakes up in the zoo and, you know, it's like... Butt naked, butt yeah. naked in the zoo. It's like, I'm the famous balloon thief. Hey, little boy, I'll give you a pound. I'll give you two pounds. And then he just walks out from behind the bushes, butt naked, covering his bollocks. And then he says, like, thank you, and just takes the takes the balloons off him. It's just so funny. But... Um, there's so many good aspects to this film and it's just the humor alone. Cause I mean, there are some yeah. great, humor. um, it's like his, his buddy who comes back as the undead sits there talking to him and stuff while he's in hospital. And he's like, Whoa, what the fuck? He's looking kind of fresh. And yeah. then and he, I love that he deteriorates throughout the movie. Yeah, but so, the co- so like when you, when, when you first see his ghost, he's like, you know, he's just got like gashes on his face yeah. and he looks really fucked up. Yeah. But then like, <laughs> As he as the movie goes on, his body is deteriorating. Yeah. He's just like this talking skeleton, rotten corpse. <laughs> so, uh, he probably looks more like uh, like Tar Man in Return of the Living Dead than anything else by the end of the movie. Yeah, but I mean, it's just really funny because there were scenes that were cut. They're not even on the DVD release because John John Landers had to cut it for for time. But there's a scene when his oh, do you know, I can't remember what his fucking character, what his buddy's name is. Jack. Jack, that's it. When Jack is um, seeing David in the hospital 
and he picks up his toast and dips it in his egg and he starts chewing on it. Mm-hmm. There's a scene that was cut where you actually see the toast falling out of his out of the hole in his throat. <laughs> so, so it, you know, it's it's like stuff like that, which is really quite amusing. But um, you know, the deterioration effects are brilliant. And uh, while I was reading up on the notes for this, it's like the scene in the cinema um, towards the end of the film mm-hmm. when. Uh, Jack's corpse, his very withered-looking corpse, and he's got all the fresh kills, all the other guys. It's like the three old guys. Yeah, I can say it's not a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, then, I love that. Yeah, and then there's the couples like, hello, you know, all really chirpy and everything. And it's that scene <laughs> is just really fucking funny. Um, but it's it was Griffin Dunn was actually voicing the character, voicing Jack as the puppet of his corpse was was being worked. So he actually done it. And uh, the tube station, right, the um, the tube station that they use in the film does actually exist, but it's um, it's been remodelled somewhat. And I can remember a few years ago, me and a few friends were going to a show in London. We were going to see uh, the Nephilim. 1996, this was. We'd... Uh, We'd got the tube from Epping to um, Tottenham Court Road, which is where that tube station is. And me and my buddy Sam at the time, we were like the biggest horror fans, you know, then. And it's like we walked out and I just looked at him. I went, dude, do you know where we are? He went, no, what? I went, American Wealth in London. And then we both freaked out, and everyone was like, "What the fuck is going on?" I was like, "This is the tube station. <laughs> this is it. This is look. We go up the escalator, and that's the tunnel." And oh, everyone was like, "All right, fucking calm down, will you?" You know, it's like we're going to a gig. I was like, "But American Werewolf in London, come on!" <laughs> so, um, is the theater still there, or that's got to be torn down now? Oh, right? the theater is the theater isn't. It's not there as such. Um, the building is still there, but it's no longer a theater. Yeah. But um, it's really funny because that scene where you see him, um, like Trafalgar Square, where that scene actually is filmed. Um, I've been there as well and did my whole um, horror tourist geek moment uh, um, a few years back, and it was it's just really cool, you know, because all the obviously all the landmarks are there, and it's a lot has changed in the last thirty six years. So uh, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. You know, just going around London. Yeah, I'm in London, and um, oh yeah, that's where American Werewolf in London was filmed. Geek, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> just completely freaking out. But uh, yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those scenes towards the end of the film, that was because it was all one continuous kind of shot as well, um, and it was all localized around that area. Even the alleyway that they filmed it is just around the corner from where they from Trafalgar Square. Nice. Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, the other good part about this movie uh, that we, we have to mention, too, is the, the soundtrack that goes along with it. Yes. Um, because, like, every song in the movie is, like, a moon song or has something to do with the moon. Um, and, and that's... The, they use great opportunities to play the music in the movie. You've got, like, Creedence Clearwater with Bad Moon Rising, and yep. there's a Van Morrison song, Moon Dance... And I think they play Blue Moon in it a bunch. They do. Yeah. Um, three, which is funny. Yeah, three different versions of Blue Moon. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, there's three different versions. Was it Sam Cooke, 
Bobby Vinton, and I can't remember what the other one is. But all that, I mean, if you if you know John Landis movies, you know, like Animal House and uh, Blues Brothers and like all the stuff that came out before this, and then he makes this movie, and then he goes on to do, you know, a few others. Mm. Um, you know he's a guy that loves comedy, and I think the comedy in this movie plays amazingly because I think the movie is, is it's really a black comedy. It's 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 more funny and entertaining than you would expect. I mean, there is it's dark and there's you know the the people are obviously going through horrible events in the movie, but it still manages to have a good time while you're watching it every time. Yeah, I mean, there's certain little scenes in it that still stick still stick out for me. It's because uh, obviously I was watching this last night, and um, it's the scene where you have got the couple that are in the flat and they're waiting for their guests to arrive, and it's obviously the young couple that are laughing and joking in theater, and they get eaten by the werewolf, and. Uh, when the guy is walking out with his glass of scotch and his cigar and he's looking around for his friends and he stands on something and he looks down and it's his friend's hand, you know, dismembered hand kind of thing. And, you know, stuff like that, it still cracks me up. But you don't see his full reaction. You just see him lifting his head up as if to say, oh, fuck, what the hell is that? Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's certain scenes in that I would love to see like played out in full, like him possibly dropping his glass of scotch and his cigar and then running off into the house and stuff like that. You know, it's just certain little things. And the homeless guys at the Docklands. Oh, yeah. Um, because there is a full scene of them getting murdered in existence, apparently, but I've never seen it. So, mm. uh, you know, that would be kind of cool. But these were all scenes that were cut for length. Um, so, uh, yeah, it is, uh, it is one of those films. It's filled with such comedy gold, you know, it yeah. really now, is. We talked about the dream sequence in the descent. What do you think about the dream sequence in American werewolf? Which one? There's several. Uh, well, I, I, the one that always stands out is oh, the, 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 na Nazi the Nazi monster, <laughs> the Nazi werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was, I remember the first time I watched this and I was like, what the fuck has this got to do with the film in general? But then obviously over the years, you kind of understand it is part of his dream. You know, it's part of what well, is nightmare kind of thing. And it's like seeing his family getting wasted before he gets wasted. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it was kind of random, bizarre as well and kind of unexpected, but, um, Interesting piece of trivia. Rick Baker is the werewolf Nazi who slits David David's throat in that scene. <laughs> so I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, there's so many funny scenes. There's so many funny little anecdotes to do with the film as well. It's like because the re the main reason why there was no full nude shots of um, what's his face David Norton. Um, is because apparently his character is supposed to be Jewish and David Norton is not. So, um, oh, so you're saying they couldn't show his his uncut package? Yes. <laughs> in, the, in the uncut release? Yes, they couldn't show his uncut package because he's not Jewish. So <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you, you yeah. know, you wouldn't want to break continuity with something like that. Oh, no, no, no. That's why there's nothing <laughs> below the waist when you see it. But it's still, it's still um, some of the stuff that they were talking about on that. It's, it's pretty funny. I mean, 
David Norton has gone on record and said the most uncomfortable scene for him was the scene in the forest when he's in the bed and he's got the teeth and the eyes. Because back in the day, the contact lenses they used to use were made of glass. Yeah. So I can imagine that they were fucking uncomfortable to put in and to remove. So it's um, it's one of those things when you look at it and you kind of see and you can you kind of see like the redness in his eyes mm-hmm. under the pasty makeup. And you're like fucking hell, I wouldn't want that. I can't even I can't even look at a contact lens and think I have to put that in my eye. Nah. I'll... Yeah, let me shove this in my eyeball. Yeah, fuck that. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. But um, no, it's just overall, I just think American Werewolf in London is a fantastic film. But the end scene, it's I'm, I just think uh, you know it's they could have done so much more with that end, end scene because it feels it feels a bit weak in comparison to the rest of the film. Yeah, it's not as grandiose. Um... With, with the way it finishes off, yeah. I mean, it 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 just sort of ends and it ends quickly. Yeah. Um. It's it's cool, and I I like the fact that they do show the werewolf in this, which is something that yeah. they don't do in a lot of werewolf movies. You know, you get a nice full view of it, and you can see what's going on. But um. Yeah, they they do kind of end it relatively quickly, but that might be a positive because. I just want to put out there, Shane, if you think about the sequel to this movie. Yeah, we don't really talk and... about the sequel that much. <laughs> and how much they show, they show the werewolves and how the ending on that plays out with the werewolf battles in a church. Ugh. CGI werewolf battles. Do you know what? I've got, I, I own that on DVD and I've watched it maybe two or three times since I bought it. I literally think I've watched that movie one time. I don't know that I've seen it a second time. Yeah. Because the first time I was like, ugh. It's got, God, this was shit. Oh, it's got Julie Dopley in it. And, you know, she's she's quite I don't an amazing. that is. No, she's the French woman, the love interest. She's been in quite a lot, like three colours, red, white, and blue. Um, uh, like, she's done a lot of foreign movies. And she's been in a few mainstream, like, UK and American films as well. But um, you'll have to look her up. I mean, she's done quite a lot. But um, yeah, she also made American Werewolf in Paris, and that sucks. Yes, that's why. That's what I'm saying. She was in that. Yeah, but you know, she was the eye candy for the film itself. Mm. But um, it's it's funny because I mean, I remember watching it. I never saw it on in. The, I never saw the sequel in theaters. But um, was like funny story relating to the sequel and the original film. When John Landis was trying to get funding for it, the major movie companies basically said, yeah, if you change it around and you turn it into this, and they refused him a lot of the budgeting stuff. And then he just turned around and said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't I go to Paramount, call the film American Werewolf in Paris, and we'll go from there. And they were like, yeah, okay, yeah, you can have it, you know. (laughs) Ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, I think it was relating to work visas because <clears throat> it was Griffin Dunn who they got work visas for Rick Baker, John Landers, and David Norton. Griffin Dunn was the one who couldn't get a work visa, and that was all related to that. And they said, "Well, we'll just call it American Werewolf in Paris, and then go somewhere else." And I was like, "Here you go, have his work visa. Thank you very much." And that was it. So uh, yeah, that was quite uh, quite a good for, quite a good uh, story for that. But you know, it's like for me, I. 
with the exception of that ending, I would easily give this film a nine out of ten. Yeah, because the story is good. The practical effects are amazing for the time. That transformation scene, we could go on. We could probably do a whole podcast about that transformation scene on its own. Yeah, but all of the effects that they use in that transformation scene are like everything from the hands growing to like the you know the face jutting out and and, and transforming. Everything that was done in that scene is the best example of all those like transformation effects. Like there's stuff done in reverse motion yeah. and there's, there's probably a little miniature and maybe even some like stop motion shit that I don't know about, but everything is like the best example of what's happening, it, it, you know, in, in that scene. Um, the only, the only one that I think comes close is actually in the howling and the howling was actually, so John Landis was having a tough time getting this one made, as as you as you just yeah. said, um, to get the first one made. So he, he had Rick Baker on board to be developing the werewolf transformations and all that shit. Um, Rick Baker waited so long and was like, fuck this. John Landis isn't fucking getting shit together. We can't get that movie made. They came to Rick Baker with the howling and he's like, yeah, sure. I have a bunch of werewolf stuff already put together. So yeah. he started using some of the transformation stuff that he made originally for this movie in the howling. Landis found out, got approval to make American Werewolf in London and was like, what the fuck? You gave away my transformation stuff. So he essentially had to start over, make new transformation stuff. But a lot of the ideas and techniques and stuff that he developed for this movie originally ended up in the howling. And the howling has another one of the best transformation scenes of any werewolf. Yeah. See, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. I think there's also like adding to that story. I think, um, Rick Baker ended up going back to American Werewolf in London because John Landis kicked off at him. And oh yeah, oh yeah. He, I think uh, Rick Baker remained an assistant on the Howling, so he oversaw everything. Yeah, it was Baker's company, but actually, yeah. um, um, Rob uh, Rob Bottin did um, most of the. He led the effects right. team on that one, which obviously everyone, Mike, you must, you're a big fan of uh, Rob Bottin. Yeah. Um, you know, for his work on the thing and all those amazing other movies that he did, but um, but yeah, the, all, all those special effects guys—they're all connected in some way. They all worked with each other at one point or learned from each other, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that two of the best werewolf transformation scenes came out of the same development. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was interesting reading about that. See, not only that, I mean, you got to think of it like this. I don't think there's ever been a film that has come close to that kind of work in the last 30 odd years, you know, uh, practical effects work. Yeah. With that? Yeah. Practical in terms effects. Of a, in terms of a transformation. Huh? I don't think so. I mean, no. there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good stuff out there with like costumes and, oh, yeah. and design work. But I, I, I don't think I've seen anything where like, you know, the character transforms into something as good as that. Yeah. And I don't think you will. I mean, no, I agree. Not, not without, not without, like, obviously using shitloads of CGI. I mean, yeah, but it still won't look that good. No, it won't. It never does. I mean, CGI yeah, is good for some things, but not for stuff like that. No. But I mean, I think we can all agree that that is probably the best transformation scene in any film. Yeah. Yeah. I could I think sit. So. Yeah, I could sit there and watch it again and again. Because it's so good. Uh, 
so yeah, that pretty much wraps up America World from London. Um, do you want to move, want to move on to the next one? I need I think, to. I, I think need... we're all in, we're all in agreement on that one that it was amazing. Yeah, I, I actually need a um, quick break. Someone posted something earlier on about See No Evil 2, because that's on um, the Horror Channel tonight. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was not a fan of that movie. Well, put it this, I, 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 I love the first one, man. It, it was yeah. such a guilty pleasure for me. But I, I watched the first one and I thought that was shit. And then for some reason, really? yeah. And then for some reason, I watched the second one. And I thought that was even worse than the first one. And I commented on that thread today, basically saying, "What you know, <laughs> this film is just shit." And yeah, there are scarier things on during the day, like the reruns of Earth: The Final Conflict. I don't just, know what that is. Oh no, it's some sci-fi show from Gene Roddenberry from the nineteen nineties. Mm. Yeah, I got kicked out of one of the other groups. Which group, which group was that? It, that's that's not unusual for you, Mike. <laughs> well, I feel like that. well, like okay, like uh, do you know that uh, uh, member? She posts occasionally, and she has her own um, site. Don't know. Well, she posts occasionally. She has her own website and stuff, and she invited me on there, and I was like, okay, whatever. So she posted a photo of the Saska sisters, and it was like for like oh yeah, yeah women yeah. in horror month, and then she. She uploaded the photo, and I just gave an opinion. I'm like, I think they're overrated. They're terrible. And I had, like, six or seven people just tell me how wrong I am and how, you know, I should respect them and how their movies are fantastic. And I'm like, I just – I don't see anything. I don't like American Mary. I didn't like the movie. I don't like them as directors. I think they're I've so only overrated. seen one of their movies – Um and I can't remember. Maybe it was American Mary. I don't know which one I saw. See, I, I didn't mind American Mary for what it was. Um, it was just, I found it quite interesting, the whole piercing thing, because obviously I come from that subculture where it's like piercings and tattoos and like fetish clubs and all that kind of stuff. I, I've, you know, I did my rounds in those clubs years ago. So I kind of, I kind of liked it for what it was. Not the greatest film, but, um, yeah, it was it was okay. Well, they they she tagged them apparently. Oh really? And I think that's why everyone was like getting on I me, and that's why they were like kissing so much ass. Oh, I didn't even realize they made See No Evil too. Did they? Really? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I just looked it up. We were just shitting on that. How does how is that for a coincidence? We had no idea. No, oh, that's crazy. Because you guys yeah. were talking about it. Oh wow, they did. That's nuts. But they're also <laughs> gonna remake. I knew, you know what? I knew I saw one of their movies and I couldn't remember which one it was. <laughs> they're also gonna remake uh, Rabbit by Cronenberg. Yeah. Uh, it's like uh, I... I like Rabbit and I don't want them to do that. Well, no, but then then like then I found myself after like two hours of arguing with these people. And it's like I'm posting like paragraphs and I'm like, God, I'm like, I need to stop this. And then yeah. I, I I kept getting notifications and I turned off my notifications and, and all of a sudden I checked back the next day and I'm like removed from the group. I'm like, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, wow, because you disagreed. Yeah. But, well, you know, I was saying stuff because they're like, you should respect them. And I'm like, I think they're overrated. And one of them was like, don't you understand that this was uh, uploaded because of women in horror? I'm like, that's fine. But I just don't like them. I. Oh, that oh, was rough. Oh, that's funny. 
Well, there you go. Well, I, I can say for sure that I'm not a big fan of their work on See No Evil 2. And, um, <laughs> Your experience. <laughs> my experience with, with them. <laughs> All right, let's get this shit show back on the tracks. Okay, where were we, Mike? Uh, let's go with your uh, your selections here. So we covered some the we covered a, a movie that was a classic werewolf movie, and then and uh, we also covered something that sort of gave rise to the modern werewolf. So why don't we go over some modern werewolf movies? Cool. Um, yeah, I picked uh, two that were um, a lot more modern because I wanted to show that. Maybe werewolf movies aren't dead from, like, dog soldiers. Um, so I picked... Uh, the first one I'll talk about is Where. That was made in 2013. Oh, um, I've seen that one. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people enjoy it. I was not one of those people. But, wow. um, oh, I'm, so, I'm so glad that you yeah. said that because I watched it and everyone was going crazy for this movie and I wasn't blown away by no, it. And I, I saw it. No, and I saw Me either. <laughs> I saw wow. It came out in oh. 2013 and it was directed. We might make some enemies on this one. That's fine. <laughs> um, you, don't, you don't live for a long while without making a few enemies. Let's put it that way. Very true. Um, it was directed by William Brent Bell. He also directed The Boy recently, which I haven't seen. Um, but yeah, it came out in 2013 and it's. It's about, like, in the very beginning of the movie, uh, there's a group of Americans. They're in France looking at, like, some meteor shower. And they hear a noise in the bushes. And surprise, they're all dead because it was a werewolf. (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, Even the dog dies. Very beginning. First, like, five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the whole movie is actually based because they they take a guy, a big scary-looking guy. They take him into custody. And uh, this story is about the lawyer who's trying to, like, get him free and prove his innocence. Even though if I was there, the guy looks like a werewolf. I would start believing in werewolves if I just saw this guy. Um, he's a creepy dude. Yeah, he's, like, seven feet tall. He's got big hands. Uh, he's 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 a horrible-looking person. But, um, you know, so they bring in all these, like, experts. And this chick is trying to, you know, uh, show that he actually has a disease. And he didn't k- make these killings. Because, obviously, the coroner looks at the, uh, the dead Americans. are like, it's an animal. It's not. It wasn't done by a person. We all know it's a werewolf. Because the movie's fucking called Were. And um, they're in a, uh, like, a holding cell. And the... The lawyer is trying to talk to uh, a scary looking guy who his name is Talon. And she was like, you know, you got to give me some information. And he puts his hand on the uh, defense or the lawyer and like a whole bunch of shenanigans uh, start. I don't know. I just kind of uh, noticed I'm kind of going to spoiler territory. And since it only came out in 2013, you might want to watch it. But um, yeah, well, I'll try to hold off on. Um, I'm trying to think, even if you did spoil a movie, would that change anything? I don't know. Listen, there's a werewolf in the movie, all right? That's that's all you need to know, and... It's pretty obvious that, like, you know, it's... It, he actually kind of is a werewolf. I mean... Yeah, it's, I, whatever. It's very... I mean, it, it, the, even the, on the... Uh, the, guy that, the guy that looks like a werewolf is a werewolf. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> even on the uh, the front cover of the, the DVD, it's him. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. he's a werewolf. 
But and uh, if you watch the trailer, it's obvious. Yeah. If you see the trailer for this movie, you're it, like, okay, yeah, this guy's obviously a werewolf. Yeah, and you know the whole the whole movie tries to be unique, and there are certain elements of the film that are unique, like, uh, yep. you know, it's. It's it's kind of like a like a mystery in a way too on what's actually going on and that that part I dug. The one thing that I really could not stand about this whole film was that for some reason they filmed it in like a found footage type way when they give absolutely no reason why that would be. The camera shakes so much and it was like making me nauseous because I, I I'm just staring at it and I'm waiting for like a like a shot where. It's the cameras is still, and even when all these actors are in the same room and no one's moving and they're just talking, the camera's like moving back and forth, up and down, and they they try to make it so it looks like it's a found footage movie, but it's not at all. Like that's the only note I have written here <laughs> is that I hate the cinematography and I hate the camera work. <laughs> it's I don't know why they would do that, and like there's there's like some times where. Uh, you know, uh, someone gets thrown at the camera and the camera like shakes and it'll get staticky. It's like, well, why was there a camera there? Like in the movie world, there there was nobody else in the room. So it's just, it's really odd to me that they would do that. So looking, just looking at the director online now, um, the movie he made just before this was The Devil Inside. You ever seen that one? I think I did, but it was one of those, you know, exorcist movies that I forgot already. It's a found footage exorcism movie, and it's the same thing. Like, you're like, why is this found footage? Like, it, you're just making it worse. It's not good. It's almost like found so, footage has suddenly become a major thing. Well, it, this at this time, I guess you could say it was yeah. 2012, 2013. Hope, hopefully it's tapering down a little bit. I don't mind found footage when there's a reason. So let me even give examples in this movie. The, the very beginning of the movie when it, it's footage from newscasts and footage from um, a home video camera of the people on vacation, that's perfect. You found footage there, makes total sense. You know, you have, you get, you've got the, the news footage and you've got the footage of the, the police interviews and all that. I am 100% on board with that. That makes sense. It, it, it looks fine if it's shaking around and it's a good way to hide if you've got spe- shitty special effects or maybe you're trying to hide the final werewolf effect till the end of the movie but you want to get a couple kills in. That's great. What sucks is like you, you like you were describing, like there's two people, they're standing in a room having a conversation and the fucking camera's shaking all over the place. No. Yep. It, it's just aggravating. And that would, that is my main gripe with this movie. And yeah, um, and see, if they would have removed that, it would have been... <laughs> pretty fine because uh all the actors besides the one uh like british guy i think they they all do very well in it it's pretty well acted it's uh it's a decent story i think it would have been really good without that shaky camera and the overuse of cgi in some scenes because they yeah the, the it's very it's a very gory movie but they over accentuate it because this uh, the werewolf is tearing up motherfuckers. He's throwing people against the wall. He's bashing skulls in, and it looks so bad. It's a great idea, but it just looks terrible. And even like during his quote unquote transformation scenes, when he is transforming, it's it does he doesn't look any different really. It's yeah, but I I I see where they were going with that, and I mean it make it makes sense. Like the guys essentially hobbled. Um, in normal life, and then you know when the full moon hits or whatever, or however they want to call it, when he gets an out, you know, an outbreak of his yeah werewolf gene or whatever you want to call it, 
then he sort of like straightens up and you know yeah becomes like powerful and unstoppable but um you know he doesn't become a literal like he doesn't become american werewolf in london oh and that's that's what i really liked about it because they didn't just make him right into like this insane werewolf you know they made him into like a humanized werewolf but i was saying like the cgi wasn't really necessary like they have him transforming a little bit and it looks like his back is moving all weird in that like uh in this place and it was like a dark lit area and he's like transforming and i just i think they could have done well if they just didn't add that like maybe if he came out of the shadows looking all new that would have been better but since he's not turning into a werewolf i just didn't see it. you don't need the cgi yeah i don't need to see that little transformation scene at all i agree that that was something that they could have just done with um acting if you know with the, with the way they, the guy's movement right like if you if you if you believe he's like hobbled over and like you know has a very what de- delicate bone structure or whatever they said that his disease caused um just the way he moves and stuff and then when he quote unquote transforms he becomes this like you know powerful fucking unstoppable dude and that's just shown through acting without any additional effects or whatever you can put a little bit of effects on him toss a little bit more hair on him oh yeah throw throw in some fangs that's fine but um, I, I, I think that works. I, I like the way they did that, but I agree they shouldn't have had to use CGI. It's, it didn't make sense. And when he is throwing around like the SWAT team and stuff, um, when he's taking them out, that looks super fake. Um, doesn't doesn't look great at all. It, it, like you said, the idea is awesome. And I like that there's a werewolf around, you know, downtown. I don't know if it was in Paris, but in France somewhere, just like wrecking dudes in midday that is cool and that's that's a great idea but we don't need to cgi it It doesn't need to turn into you know throwing cartoons around yeah and and it becomes a little uh grandiose at times too because there was a scene where he gets flung from a building he falls onto a you know a cop car and he just literally disappears and you have all these people there's like literally thousands of people uh just standing there looking at him you have camera panned away, Mike. Yeah, exactly. Like the one <laughs> camera pans away and he's completely gone. And I think some of this, the story was uh, not as bit lackluster. The whole movie's pretty uh, straightforward. It's very obvious and really cliche at some points that you know what's kind of going to happen. But well, I think right. it's him disappearing they, for some reasons put me over the edge. They they show their cards right up front. Like, you know, you've if you've seen a werewolf movie within the first 20 minutes you're like okay i know exactly how this is going to play out right like, <laughs> even a zombie no movie even if you've seen a zombie movie you know how it's, oh, yeah, it's going to work <laughs> so yeah i i i mean i didn't really care for it it got a lot of praise especially on the forum and like people this, were loving this people movie loved it and i just, i don't see where all the praise was at all yeah me either. i just thought it was a really poor excuse i mean um i i'll sto- say there's positives well story wise I mean, it seemed like a good story. It was just really poorly executed on screen, like you said, with all the CGI, all the shaky camera work. There really was no need for the whole found footage thing. You know, they could have done this, like, straight-laced kind of movie with it, but without the camcorders, because I think everybody knows, especially you guys, found footage is not my favourite genre at all. Yeah. And it is, I just found this film so boring. I remember watching the trailer for it and thinking, this looks really good. It looks really interesting. 
an intro, you know, a new take on the werewolf genre could be really good. I remember watching the film. I think that was shit. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I would say it was shit, but I, I, I think it was like mediocre. Yeah, I, I would say the same thing. It was just very. Me- I've seen some really bad movies in my time, but this yeah. wasn't. I wouldn't put that up there. No, but if if it had better camera work, and um, I don't know. I, I guess like a, a more interesting look to it. This would be a great werewolf movie, but I think it just gets held back so much. There's, there's too many flaws. See, because what was it? The uh, the lawyer is played by AJ Cook, um, and she was in I think it was Final Destination Two. Yeah, yeah, and she's also been in a few other things like TV shows like True Calling and. Um, which one was two? I don't remember which one it was. I don't remember any of. Them. I mean, I I've seen most of them. I don't know. Wasn't two the one with the logs? Yes. Yeah. Oh, two is the logs. Okay. Yeah, two is the logs. And That's the guy, how you get, you get the remembered guy... by the kills. <laughs> yeah. Like, and there's the... a roller coaster. There's yeah. the logs. And the guy getting <laughs> cut up by the fence. Right, right, yeah, right. Getting right. trisectioned by the fence. That was awesome. That was. That was a fucking amazing kill. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this, Mike. Uh, I was actually prepared to argue with you guys because I was going to be like, it's not that good. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought you guys I thought you guys were going to like it, and I was going to have to be like, nah. But no. <laughs> and it's <laughs> a shame because... We're all in agreement. Yeah, and it's a shame yeah. because I, I did kind of like the story. I think it would have been cool if you they had a, a movie with great practical effects and, uh, you know, like a defense person's trying to... Um, will defend their client and declare it's actually a werewolf. I think that's a very yeah. cool premise for a movie, but it wasn't yeah. just it wasn't pulled off well at all. Yeah. What, what do you what do you think about the um, the ending scene? I mean, like sort of like the the, the final conflict at the end. What do you guys think of that? I thought it was kind of dumb, and I just I like I said I didn't really like the actor who played that guy. His name was uh, Simon Quarterman or whatever. I, I oh, don't the British guy. Yeah, I didn't really care for him. Um, I thought his character was uh, terrible. <laughs> like he was only in it for uh, AJ Cook. Like he just lusted over, and I was just like, ah, come on. But um, yeah, I thought it was kind of uh, lackluster. I thought the ending was a little was a little like they had no idea how to end it, so they're just like, ah, we're gonna end it this way. I, th- I was surprised how ripped the dude was. <laughs> yeah, that that skinny kind of kind of ripped. I'm like, wow, that guy's cut. <laughs> That's what becoming a werewolf does to you, man. I guess maybe that's what I got to do. Not all this working out and dieting. It's just not worth it. I should just get some werewolf. Kill a couple people every once in a while just to get ripped. Yeah, I'd you. do it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I love abs, man. Yeah. Hey, fuck it. I'd so... kill for I'd kill for abs. I've got a keg at the moment. A keg. <laughs> spare tire. Yeah. <laughs> and the keg and a spare tire. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. All right. Well, that covers where for us. So. Yeah, I, disappointing is all I can say for that one. Um, yeah. But I don't think it was crap. No. Have, there are many crap werewolf movies. This isn't one of the bad ones. This is just middle of the road. Uh, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it again, that's for sure. No, not at all. Likewise. Um, I guess I'll do my other movie. Um, yeah, go ahead. I did Late Phases, which was made in 2014, and I think this is one of my favorite werewolf movies that come out in the past few years because um, it's it's super unique. It is they use practical effects. I only have a couple gripes with it, but otherwise, I think it's really really good. 
Um, I actually wrote a review for this for UHM. So I did this like a year ago. But Oh, on the Netflix thing. That's right. Yeah. Um, it stars. I, uh, I checked. This is still on Netflix. So. Oh, that's if good. You if you have Netflix, go watch Late Phases because we're probably going to spoil it as we talk about it. But this this one's absolutely worth a watch. Um, it, there's not really too much that you need to, to spoil in this movie. I guess maybe the identity of the werewolf. But, <clears throat> yeah, definitely watch this movie. Um, I guess bef before you listen to us rip, you know, yeah. tear the story apart and <laughs> go into detail. But, yeah, this is a great one. It, it's on there, so check it out. I'm probably going to try not to spoil it. Um, but it stars uh, Nick Dimitri, if I'm saying that right, and that's the um, one of the vampire hunters in Stakeland. Mm -hmm. And oh, right. uh, yeah, have you... he was he was in uh, what uh, we are what we are also. He was the, de the detective in that movie. Oh yeah, which was the best part best part of that movie. Yeah, he's a great actor. He was fantastic, and he plays uh, Ambrose McKinley, and basically he's just a blind veteran, and he moves into like a retirement community, and there's a lot of. Uh, people's like animals getting killed and people getting killed and he's kind of putting two and two together in his head on what could be happening. And the whole movie is basically him trying to decipher, you know, what's going on and uh, uh, what he, him trying to make sense of the whole situation. And I, I really don't want to go too much into this because it's a very good movie, but it's about basically a blind guy fighting werewolves. <laughs> I mean, and it's it's done very well. The practical effects scenes are uh, done super well. There's a transformation scene that instead of them uh, panning to it and using CGI, they show this person walking towards Ambrose. And every time you get an edit you know, showing Ambrose and then showing the werewolf again, and every time you go back to the werewolf, something else is added to him. So it looks like it's he's being transformed into seconds when you know they just they kept adding stuff onto the guy, and it's it's that's done very well. Um, yeah. Pretty much the whole movie is done very well, but I there's one thing I didn't really care for, and that's the look of the uh, werewolves themselves. They look like little gremlin type creatures that weren't really all that threatening because they look like they're about like three or four feet tall. Um, I don't know. It's just something about that that I didn't really care for. But there's like I think it I think it's the faces. The faces. Yeah, I think aren't... so. They're not great. They're good, but they're not great. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. They just look like they just remind me of gremlins in a way. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I, I think the movie's phenomenal. There are full. Uh, there are a couple scenes where you have like full werewolves, and they're on like there's like a couple dudes on stilts, like they did in Dog Soldiers, and that those parts I really did enjoy. See, I've not seen this film, so I might have to hunt this one down. Oh, Shane, you got to watch this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, <clears throat> for modern-day werewolf movies, this is, like, the best one since since Dog Soldiers, uh, without a doubt. Okay. It It's great, it, and it's a lot of fun, too. Uh, it's it's not a perfect movie. There There's flaws in it. The, the directing is, I'm going to say lackluster. It's... It's not like anything that stands out, all the shots and, and the way it's put together in the editing. Everything is very by the, by the numbers. There's nothing unique or interesting about the way it's put together. So it, artistically, it's not like a movie that I'm like, oh, it's, uh, you know, it, it looks amazing to watch. <clears throat> Performance wise, it's really good. Like like he was saying, that, uh, Nick Dimitri 
is fucking awesome as Ambrose. You like fall in love with this character. By the end of the movie, you this is like your your favorite character of any movie. Like he hits heights of like, you know, Ash or, or any of the great like horror icons that, that fight against evil. He's he's so good you wish he would be in other movies. Yep. Okay. Um, and, and the guy is a complete asshole, just like the biggest <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a surly veteran. He's blind. He doesn't like putting up with people's shit. Um, like, like there's that scene where, where the mailman comes and um, the mailman's like delivering a letter. And he's like, are you delivering me a letter already? I just got here yesterday. And the mailman's like, oh, it's addressed to whatever some woman whoever the woman was that looked that lived there before and he's like do i fucking look like her <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh <laughs> i guess not yeah i would love to so see him he, in more stuff because he's awesome yeah he is really good and if, if you haven't seen we are we are mike um he as the detective in that he's again is equally as awesome. he's not like as surly and and gritty as ambrose but he's you know, he plays like a really serious character that sort of has like another dark background. He actually wrote that and... too. No, did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I've seen it one time, uh, but I, I think I fell asleep through it because I don't really care for it. But yeah, I'm looking at an IMDb page right now, and he wrote it. He's wow, like three, awesome. one of three writers or something. We are what we so, are. Yeah. That's the um, cannibal family, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did, I did a review <clears throat> for that on the site. Uh, I forget what it was. Like a, yeah. a few months ago. That's a remake. Oh, was it like a foreign movie or something? Yeah, originally it was a foreign movie, and it got remade for the uh, U.S. audiences. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen the uh, the original. Just the, I haven't. Just but... the remake then. Yeah. And um, Ambrose's son is is played by Ethan Embry. Who, if, if anyone that was you know grew up in the '90s or 2000s will remember, was the main guy from Can't Hardly Wait. As, as Lisa pointed out, we were watching this last night. She's like, "That's the guy from Can't Hardly Wait. He's a dick." See, I always <laughs> know him from the. Uh, he's Chevy Chase's son in uh, Vegas Vacation. Oh yeah, Vegas Vacation. I forgot he was in. <laughs> Kept winning all those cars. Sure. Uh, what was that? What was his name? The fake name? Uh oh man. Uh, Fuck, that's gonna kill oh, me. Oh, <laughs> I gotta look that up. What the hell is this man? Um, but yeah, but anyway, um, also in this movie, oh, uh, it's Mr. Larry Papa Fest Giorgio. Papa Giorgio, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, Larry Fessenden is in this, and he, he's, uh, you know, he's a character actor that's in about a hundred thousand movies. So, like, you see him and you're like, oh, okay, that guy's in a million movies. And Tom Noonan, of course, who plays the priest in this. Um, you know, he was in House of the Devil and RoboCop 2, Last Action Hero. He's awesome. Um, great movie. Yeah, and so you mentioned that transformation scene where, like, the character's walking towards him. There's also the other transformation scene sort of going on around the same time um, where the guy that's the werewolf is literally tearing his skin off and yep. there's a werewolf underneath. Yep. And it sounds cheesy and stupid, but it looks amazing. And and it's one of those things that you could tell. They're like, we don't have the money to, to make something like American Werewolf in London. So they went an entirely different route, and I think it works perfectly for this movie. Well, they did the Jaws route where it's like less is more, and it's it's, yeah. it's perfect the way they did it. Yeah. 
the editing, like you yeah, said, I, the edit, I think the editing is, is really well done in here for those scenes. But I think, like yep. you said, everything else is kind of lackluster. Yeah. Um, it, there, there's no, nothing else that really blows you away. The music is fine because you don't notice it. Um, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of the the wife, uh, his daughter-in-law. I don't remember what her name was. Yeah, I, I forget her name off the top of my yeah, head. She's just whatever. But... Again, we have another werewolf movie where the dog dies. Spoil- oh, well, it's not really man. a spoiler because it's, it's right in the beginning. You, see, you know. <laughs> what are you going to do? I don't what know why I picked, I picked two movies where dogs are dying. I don't know. What the yeah. Dude, what's up with you, man? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shane. Oh, no good. I'm, so... sho- I'm shocked and appalled. <laughs> All right, don't watch it then. <laughs> I fucking won't. <laughs> uh, you'll, Shane, I, I think I think you'd get a real good kick out of this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, gonna. I'll look it up. I'll look it up this week. Yeah, I actually recommended this um, to my older brother, who's not super into horror movies, but he was like, he he had gotten Netflix recently, and he's like, oh, what's you know, I, I want like a scary movie or something, and I'm like, just watch this. And he's like, why is it you know, is it like was like weird or anything? And I'm like, no, it's just fucking. The best way I described it to him was picture Charles Bronson blind and he has to fight werewolves. (laughs) (laughs) That's very accurate. (laughs) I was really surprised with this, too, because like it was it was a blind watch for me. No pun intended, but it was a blind watch for me. And for Netflix, I was like, late phase is a werewolf movie. I was ready for like the worst. But then when I watched it, really? Yeah. When I watched it, I was like, man, this was awesome. I got really into it. So I got I watched this on recommendation from uh, Woodenheart because she during one of the the past UHM drafts um, she put this in her list and I was I was trying to watch everybody's movies and be like all right I'll watch this you know with Woodenheart you never know what you're gonna get it yeah some, some super fucking... underground thing made in an alleyway yeah right <laughs> and I, I'm always skeptical when she gives me a movie especially one that's like made last year I'm like I don't know. <laughs> These new movies, you can never trust them. So, um, but I watched it and I was like, "Holy shit!" I think I even like gave her a vote that time. <laughs> oh wow! You know what? We need to get Patty on. We need to get Patty on the podcast. Oh, I, I'd love to have her, but it would take a lot. It would take a lot of research on my part to try to get as knowledgeable <laughs> because you know she's she wants she's going to want to talk about underground horror. I mean, oh, she yeah. runs an underground horror site. Yeah, ex- so um, what was it? Um, extreme, extreme horror cinema. Yeah, yeah, we, I, I'd love to get around, but all of us are going to have to step up our game and, <laughs> and start looking more into uh, into her movies to be able to talk with her. See, I don't watch underground horror. I don't. I'm not a fan of it. So, because uh, I mean, I can sit there and watch some gore, but I can't watch the extreme gore. It's just too much. Yeah, I, I watch. I watch some like some more of the '80s stuff, the shot on video stuff from the yeah. '80s and '90s. What, what I mean, throws I, me off, and I know this is really off topic, but it's like eh. sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes in those kind of movies, they actually do like real animal killings, and I can't, I cannot handle that. Like I am no, the biggest. Like I think I tried to watch. I think it's Necromantics, and I think there's a scene uh, in there where they like they some guy like kills a rabbit. And I was just uh, like, is it a, oh, yeah, it's, it, it, there's a rabbit and maybe there's a chicken, too. And there's definitely a rabbit. Yeah, I, I just for some reason, I just I oh, obviously, I know the reason I just can't I can't handle it. It's it's just way too much for me. I even cannibal Holocaust like it was so long ago. But so so in Necromantic, the the part where the guy 
kills the rabbit and, and I I think he like cuts its head off and they ate the rabbit it was you know what the whole thing of the the movie was that part was too much for you but the part where the guy stabs himself in the stomach and then comes blood all over himself I shut it that off that was okay oh I know I shut it oh, off you after did. That. After oh you the never got to the, no I never got you to never that. got to the blood coming <laughs> no I can't say I have. if I could watch the movie like edited without the animal killing I I would watch it it's, in a heartbeat I can't watch it's, it's, I just can't watch anything with animals being killed or tortured. Anything like that, I can't. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe I shouldn't spoil the ending to Necromantic. We're pretty off topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not really. It's about animals, you know, werewolves. Oh, like a, man. Like a wolf. Yeah. We're good. We're good. Yeah. That, that's, that's, a, that's a fucked up movie, that's for sure. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, back, on, uh, back, onto the sub- yeah, back onto the subject of angry puppies. <laughs> I I'd, I'd give late phases a solid like seven or eight out of ten easily. Oh yeah, it, it's an easy eight for me. I really like it. Like I said, it's not perfect. There's there are flaws in it, but on my list of werewolf movies, like this is a must watch. If 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 you're into if you're into werewolves, gotta watch it. Great movie, great fun. There are better movies. You know, I think like as a, as a, as a movie as a whole, American Werewolf in London is better. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but this one. You don't, I mean, you kind of don't have to like pay attention to because the plot's so simple and the, there's a lot of action and the characters are so great that it moves quick. You're, you're locked in the whole time and, um, it's an easy watch is all I could say. Definitely agreed. So, so yeah, late phases. Definitely pick it up. So now let me get, let me go into the movies that I picked. Um, I'm going to start off here, uh, with a nice little gem from 1995. <clears throat> so as seeing you guys were picking good movies, <laughs> with uh, the exception of where, which I hadn't seen at the time up until, you know, when we picked our movies, I was expecting that one to be really good. I just had, you know, um, like I said, I was disappointed with it. So I decided to pick less good movies. So the first one I selected was from 1995 project colon metal beast. I, ever since you oh. uh, were bringing that up, I'm like, I need to see that. <laughs> I, I never, I never caught it though. I never watched it. No time. Oh, you didn't watch it? No, I didn't have time. Oh man, Shane, you watched this, right? Yes. Why? I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> I watched it. All right. Let me, let me just, let me just run through the plot real quick. So, uh, I think it's back in the 1970s. A team of commandos gets sent off to somewhere, probably like Hungary or someplace in eastern europe um they go to like a castle or something where there's a werewolf they attack and kill the werewolf but one and they and they get a sample of its blood they bring it back to the u.s to analyze the blood and um a bunch of people had died during the mission and uh, they want to make a super soldier serum or something essentially out of it so the scientists are working on the blood Finally, this one douchebag commando guy is like, oh, they won't do human testing and they're they're not moving this plot along quick enough. So I'm going to inject myself with the werewolf blood. Mm. So he does. And surprise, surprise, turns into a werewolf, um, kills a few people, gets shot and killed and put on or not killed, but incapacitated with silver bullets or however you want to say it. And they put him on ice. They freeze him in a cryogenic tube. Twenty years later. In 1995, they um, the same research place is doing experiments on artificial skin. 
<clears throat> so they're trying to, to like develop this new skin for burn victims or cancer patients or something. And um, they need, they want, they're, they're making progress in their testing, but they're not making progress fast enough. I guess think that this is the overall arching, uh, you know, plot of the, or aspect of the movie that they're trying to cover is, you know, moving science along too fast. <laughs> so the, um, the same guy that was running the project in the seventies, having aged zero years in between, I think they put like a little dusting of white into his <laughs> hair. He shows up and takes over the project and he's like, Hey, good news. I've got a frozen body on ice. You're going to, you're going to put the skin grafts on this body. They put the skin and put the skin grafts on the body. Turns out the guy was a werewolf. They, the skin grafts stick and they find that there's silver bullets in the guy's chest. So they're like, Oh, we're going to pull these silver bullets out of his chest. They pull the silver bullets out and he wakes up and uh, like partially transforms into a werewolf. Um, I guess it has something to do with the moon or whatever. And but but the skin grafts they put onto his body, they have a defect where if they weren't like set right, they harden into this like impenetrable metal skin. So now they have a werewolf with metal skin that, that can't be penetrated with normal bullets. That sounds so amazing. It is. It, it's so ridiculous. And the plot just there's it goes nowhere else, because what do you want? Now you've got a werewolf with metal skin running around, tearing people apart. And that's the movie. That's basically the whole movie. I could spoil it for you, but what do you need to know? They shoot it with a bazooka at one point. At two <laughs> points, they shoot it with a bazooka. Um, <laughs> the werewolf, when he's when he's in full werewolf gear, he looks fucking badass. Like, it's a solid makeup suit. You know, the mask. There's metal pieces all over him. He looks awesome, and he's cane hotter in werewolf, in werewolf gear. Oh, so man. cool. So you know this werewolf is serious. He's stomping around. There's a decent amount of gore, but it's a real low budget. So it's sort of that mid-90s gore where they're like grab an arm and then tear it off. And then you see like the fake arm stump, you know, thrown somewhere. Um, there's a good amount of blood in it. The acting is unbelievably bad. Just some of the worst you've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, it, it's tough to find a good copy. There are, There is some on YouTube. It's really out of print. Um, I've got a VHS of it. There may be a European DVD, but that's about it. It's it's not easy to find a copy of this, and I don't know why. It's such 90s schlock that, like, this is a bad movie, but I have a good time with it because you know it's a bad movie. You're watching a movie about a, a metal werewolf. What do you want? <laughs> this isn't going to be Citizen Kane. I don't know. I, I, I just enjoy this one. I will not say it's a good movie. It's not. But it sounds it is, like a masterpiece. It is stupid and it is fun. If the idea of Project Colon Metal Beast sounds good, then definitely search it out. It's easy to find online. It's, you know, it won't be a great copy, but you'll find it. It's, it's there. On, I think it's, it's, a, it's a VHS rip. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah, yep. It's up there. And until they release it, you know, with an actual release, I'd say go ahead on YouTube and find it. It's it's worth watching, and it, and it doesn't get a lot of talk um, on forums or, I don't know, pretty much anywhere else. But it's such a crazy concept. How could you not want to see it? See the con uh, there, are, there are slow parts, though. So what were you saying, Shane? I was going to say, yeah, um, crazy concept. It's a good concept. Um, 
it's just it's just a shame shame that the film is just so bad it, yeah it is it's pretty bad i think the movie um, i think the the <clears throat> the comment i left you on um on chat was why am i watching this <laughs> shane there's sometimes you like i always say you need to calibrate your movie meter if you don't know what a bad movie is then you can't decide if you know for instance this compared to where where is a way better movie than this even with its flaws right okay but i had more fun watching this movie again yeah. than i did watching where that's, a, right. that's enough of a uh, an advertisement for me. Yeah, I look like forward this... to I look forward to hearing your review on this one, Mike. Well, uh, Mike, we, so we just talked about Mystery Science Theater earlier. This would fucking they would have no problem watching this movie. Hey, who this knows? Maybe in the new season, you never know. Oh my god, Don't get, that would be amazing. So, um, so yeah, Project Metal Beast. Um, check it out if you can, and. Um, it's really dumb. It's about a metal werewolf. That's it. So that's my first movie. My second movie, I decided uh, not to torture you guys by forcing you to see. Because in my opinion, <clears throat> this may be the worst movie of all time. <laughs> having watched it again. Zombie Lake, though. No, this it uh, it blows Zombie Lake away yeah, in terms of in terms of badness. I'm talking. I mentioned it on the last podcast, and because I brought it up, and I knew we were doing werewolves this time, and I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta just do it." I'm watching it again. The Howling Seven. Oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, come on. Well, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I'm off. You're on your own. Fucking. Listen. You're fucking on your own, man. <laughs> Listen, guys. This is a fucking masterpiece of disaster. I've seen it. I know. You have not seen this. I, there movie. was one part. Remember when I did all those movies? I watched all of them for like over a year or whatever. Well, I I watched all the Howlings. You watched New Moon Rising. Yeah. Which one is it? I'll have uh, you explain the plot. Oh no, I, I saw it like three <laughs> years ago. I don't remember. Ah. I know I've seen it. Okay, all right. Um, in my opinion, the behind the scenes of New Moon Rising is way more interesting than the actual plot of the movie. So this this was written, produced, directed, and starring <laughs> Clive Clive Turner. You know, you know, you know, a movie's got to be good if he does all that work. He, he, his blood, sweat, and tears went into this. Who's Clive Turner? So, <laughs> <laughs> he's the star, the director, and the producer of the Howling New Moon Rising. Yeah, what else has he done? What else has he done? He did. He was a he had a cameo in the Howling Four, a cameo in the Howling Five. And maybe six. I don't remember. He produced Lawnmower Man. Really? Ugh. <laughs> so the the backstory of how this movie got made was by the time you get to Howling Seven, obviously the the series is already in the toilet. It's been <laughs> in the toilet for quite a while, and uh, I imagine the rights holders were like, th "This guy Turner." was like hey let me i want to make a movie and they were like ah what the hell it couldn't get any worse i mean look where we are already the last movie was in a uh, a carnival freak show and it had a werewolf fighting a vampire oh yeah that was freaks that was the last one i watched that was terrible very terrible bruce Payne. so <laughs> <laughs> so this this is a catastrophe of a movie that you, you don't get 
but once every few decades, I think. Like, this is Troll 2 levels. This is, like, the incredible bulk. If you've ever seen these ter- or seen references to these terrible movies, this fucker's right up there, baby. The majority of the movie is made of random goofball hijinks, <laughs> bad, bad dad jokes, and scenes from the howling four through six. So, not even the good howlings. When we talked about the awesome transformation scene in one, or like there's like all the nudity and wildness that's in two, or even the weird marsupial shit in three. No, 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 none of that, none of that. Just four through six, because that's the only ones that this guy Clive Turner was involved in. <laughs> the plot of the movie is that there's a bunch of, there's a series of murders that have happened in a small backwater country town, and a um, Clive Turner shows up on a Harley with a case of country music audio cassettes. And he's this long-haired Australian guy. For some reason, he's in the U.S. For some reason, he's driving around a Harley in some, you know, country western town. Um, he shows up and he befriends an entire. He befriends the whole town to work at the local bar. Meanwhile, there's a priest and a cop having a conversation, and the priest is describing the events of Howling Five to a cop. This back and forth conversation about the events of Howling Five happens over the course of like a half hour of the movie. So the, the, the cop will be talking to the priest and they'll show clips of the howling five. And then they'll go back to Ted in the bar, like doing drinks or doing whatever he's doing. And then it'll show him going to bed and falling asleep. And then he gets up the next day and has conversations with other people. And then it goes back to the cop and the priest. And they're still talking about howling five. (laughs) They're still in the same conversation. The editing makes no sense. It suggests that it takes days to explain the plot of the Howling Five to this cop. But while they're in town, while they're while you're following Clive Turner playing Ted, they're playing they're playing country western music, which is fine, right? I'm not a country guy. I I, I don't know that you guys are as well. Johnny country Johnny, mu- Johnny Cash is about as far as I'll go. Okay, right. I'm with you on that. You know, maybe some Willie Nelson or you know something along those lines. Um, but they're playing country western music, and you, it, that can be effective and used in a movie to like give a tone or show a setting, or you know, it's not something that's out of place in a western style movie or anything like that. They play entire songs and show the entire performances at least six times, six full country western songs where the camera is stationary on a tripod facing the stage showing the fucking music that's like one of the things i remember about this movie one of the very few things i do remember about it It, it's unbelievable and then every now and then one of the members of the town will be chased and touched by a camera with a red filter and that's a werewolf attack (laughs) oh it's amazing and the whole time that whenever there's a scene that has two people talking they talk entirely in puns and dad jokes that's it (laughs) <laughs> There's no like overall plot or overarching story that I can find in this thing. It's just people telling jokes, maybe a, re- a werewolf kill. I think there's two or three kills in the movie and country Western music. And then back to the priest telling the story of the howling five for the whole time. <laughs> the crazy part about this is and when we talk about like bad movies, you know, there's always bad plot, bad directing, blah, 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 bad acting. <clears throat> there are no actors in this other than, um, 
what's his face? Clive Turner. Clive Turner is the only actor in this movie. Everyone else in the movie is an actual person that lives in this actual town and they go by their actual names. These people are so incompetent, they couldn't give them actors' names because they'd probably forget them. So they just call them by their real names. These are real people that work in the bar and go drinking at the bar and hang out around town. And they're horrible. They're unbelievably horrible. And, and the fact that all of these people actually exist, there's like mullet lady, the bug-eyed guy, the real dumb person, drunken old man. Like, these are real people. <laughs> I, I, I almost want to imagine that every year everyone in this town gets together and watches the Howling Seven, but they're probably all dead by now. I mean, some of them are pretty old and they didn't look too healthy as they were in this movie. <laughs> 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 it's it's really a masterpiece, man. I, I, I can't praise this movie enough for being one of the worst things I've ever watched, and I think this is the second time I've watched it now. Um if anyone's looking for the next troll two, I'm convinced this is it. I'm, I'm going to put it out there and, and say people need to find this movie to just experience how bad it is. It is it's way worse than troll two. First of all, troll two, there are actual costumes in troll two. There are special effects. They've got like the masks and the trolls are running around and they hired actors. There's not even fucking actors in this movie. All I can say is Howling 7, you got to watch it. Um, worst werewolf movie ever for sure. Maybe the worst movie ever. And Clive Turner is now like a hero of mine. Someday I hope to meet this <laughs> man and shake his hand. <laughs> Hopefully he's still alive. I don't know. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, my, uh, that's my once over on the Howling 7. Um, Shane, if you want me to send you a copy, I have the laser disc. No, thank you. I might be. <laughs> before you, go, you, any find a laser before disc you go any further, Ryan, I will say no, thank you, my friend. <laughs> it will be fine. I can live without watching this movie. But Mike, one question. Is it me or did you also kind of hear the veins popping in Ryan's face? Oh, yeah, definitely. When he was oh, ven when he was venting. There's no actors in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> there like, are I none. They're not yeah, yeah it's just you could almost sense the vein poppage in his face, you know, the like the blood the blood pressure rising as he's talking about. Oh, I have never it, heard a more passionate fucking hatred for a film in all my life. Yeah, but but I secretly love it. I hate it and I love it at the same time. And even so, I'm watching this again on my laser disc, and uh, Elisa comes in and she sees this movie on. And she sees it and she goes, is this the fucking movie with the country western music? And like, isn't there a werewolf or something? I'm like, ah. yes. <laughs> she doesn't remember the werewolf. She just remembers that it's a country western music movie. <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's the best. That's how I could say this movie is incredible. It needs to be watched. If, if you can, you know, pick that out of the, out of the line of the howlings. In fact, if you were going to watch one howling movie... Watch The Howling 1. But if you're going to watch two, in fact, you know what? Watch all the others first. <laughs> and I'll then just... maybe watch this one. Not the Twilight oh. one, though. Oh. Oh, okay. The, now, here I'm going to stand by my, my stance. And if you look at your bad movie barometer, the Twilight Howling movie, I don't even know what it's called. Is it Reborn? What yeah, is it? I think so. I think it's called Reborn. 
whatever, it, it, they take the Howling and they Twilight it. Um, that is a better movie than the Howling 7. It just is. It's got actors. It's got special effects, characters. From what I remember, um, it's actually got pretty plot. decent effects. It isn't as, I mean, the story's dumb. Oh, and, yeah, and it is terrible. Twilighty. It's like, oh, I love you and I don't want to bite you or something. I don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was my impression. Is it the IMDb howling. plot? <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Look it up. Can we just have that sound by editor out and paste it? <laughs> I love you and I don't want to bite you or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking All genius. Right, somebody, I'm going to take that and I'm going to take a clip of the actual movie and you tell me if you can tell the two apart. I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hold you to that. <laughs> Oh, man, I would love to go into like all the Howling movies because I find them all fascinating for their own. Each one is individually fascinating for how bad and weird it is. But that's like a whole podcast on its own, man. Yeah. In the future, we'll do a Howling podcast. uh, I I can't go over seven again. I'll lose it. (laughs) It'll be worth listening to just for that. It really. Oh, shit. So anybody that, you know, is out there in the world that does uh, DVD distribution or, or makes DVDs and Blu-rays, somebody buy the rights to Howling 7 and release it, for the love of God. Because the world needs this movie, I think. Ryan needs this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan needs a copy on uh, shelf. Man. Yeah, I was I, I didn't know this existed until I was like going through my collection. I'm like, oh, I own all the Howling movies. And then I went on IMDb and was like, you know, just browsing one day. And I'm like, what is this seven? I've got one through six, and then I've got the uh, the Twilight one. And I'm like, that's all of them, right? I had no idea that this movie existed because I didn't know. It, it was never released on DVD in the U.S. I mean, rightfully so. It's pretty fucking bad, but it needs to be out there, man. I, I, I would love to see, like, a Scream Factory version. You know, I think they put out the Troll, the newest Troll 2 version. Somebody's got to be able to put out the Howling. Ah. Uh. And that's where I stand at it, boys. So Metal Beast or Howling 7? Okay. It depends on what kind of schlock you want. If you like that, you know, the uh, Metal Beast, if you like Roger Corman movies, boom, that's Metal Beast. Okay. If you... Shit, I don't even know. If you've ever watched a movie and said that was the worst movie I've ever seen... You're wrong because you haven't seen Howling 7. Okay, how about this? The newest Hellraiser or Howling 7? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Howling... Okay. Howling 7 is hysterically bad. The new Hellraiser is just fucking angrily bad. <laughs> there's the, the joy in my heart for Howling 7 that I have, there's none for Hellraiser... Uh, Revelations? Yep. Is that the one? No, there's no joy for that movie. Fuck that movie. It's shit. The Howling 7, I can watch and be like, why aren't there actors in this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, how do you make a movie if if there's barely any plot, the major a, a large portion of your film is made up of clips from another film or other films? 
and there's there's no actors. I mean, this had to cost a couple hundred dollars. It had to be the cost of the film, like whatever the price of the reel that they bought to film this on. That had to be the cost of the movie, and they had to buy a red filter for for the how for the attacks. <laughs> so that's what twenty quid. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, it's something special. So you're saying Clive Turner, Clive Turner pocketed all the profit, like a hundred dollars off the movie. How much profit? Do you know what? I think we need to find Clive Turner up on Twitter, and we can tag him in this podcast. Uh, I, 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 I'm a fan, Mr. Turner. If you're listening to this, you just bashed this whole movie. (laughs) It was amazingly. (laughs) I did. I say I had a good time watching it. You did. You did. Yeah. Like I said, I would like I'd like to meet this guy, shake his hand, and listen to his bad dad jokes, and then leave, and then cry, and then cry by myself in the shower <laughs> with, with the howling playing in the background. I'm gonna see if he's still alive first. Well, why don't you why don't you just sit on the sit in the corner, paint your nails, and cry like an emo? <laughs> Clive Turner doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Wow, he's an enigma. <laughs> Maybe he went. Maybe he went back down under. I don't know. I have to Nobody find this knows guy. What happened to him? Yeah. <laughs> Mike said the search. <laughs> uh, yeah, I liked. They tried to connect. Since we're still talking about this, they tried to connect the pr- three previous Howling movies because, like I said, this guy Clive Turner, he, he has a cameo in Part Four where he plays a tow truck driver, and then he's a character in Five. Five is actually kind of interesting because that one is like it takes place in a, in a castle and it's a werewolf who done it. Like you don't know who the werewolf is. One of the characters is a werewolf and you're the, the, you spend the movie guessing who it is. And Clive Turner's one of those characters. And then I think in six, he may have been like in the background of a shot because he was a producer or something on it. So they they expl- they put clips of those with him in it in these other movies and were like, no, that's the same guy. After he was after he was a tow truck driver, then he moved to this castle. And then after the castle, he disappeared. He didn't actually die. Then he became, you know, he showed up in this small town. <laughs> Nonsense. I can't find him. I I can't. He has no age on his IMDb page. He's no Wikipedia page. I he's a ghost. Well, he's a ghost. If he's out there. Somebody find this guy and somebody shake. Somebody buy him a beer. Maybe somebody offed him and then removed all knowledge Jesus. of his existence. <laughs> so either he <laughs> he doesn't have a Twitter page or he's dead. Yeah. Either he doesn't have a Twitter page or he's dead. <laughs> those are our two. Those are our two options. The only nowadays, options. Huh? Yeah. The only logical options. Hey, maybe he's a member of the UH board forum and we don't even know it. Oh my god, that would be, so <laughs> be amazing. Maybe it's Count Orlock. <laughs> he is in Australia. Yeah. The pieces, <laughs> yeah. The pieces are coming together. Yes. He's brave new world. <laughs> uh all right, boys. So that's what I got for the Howling Seven. Um. So what did we cover in this thing? We, we I, now I got to go back and remember the good movies we talked right. about. We had an American Werewolf <laughs> in London. We had Dog yes. Soldiers. We yes. had where we had late phases and the two shit fest that you chose. <laughs> <The two shit-fests. laughs> I can't have you guys out there just watching good movies. It's, it's too much. If anybody only watched good movies, you'd never know what a bad movie is. Yeah, I've seen a few. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> 
All right, so that's what we got. Let's let's uh, wrap this up. Um, Shane, where can we be found? We can be found on the Twitters. Mm-hmm. Um, I am at Dead Cell Society. Ryan is at Ryan Tutelol. Mike, you are at something, something. I don't fucking know. Um, I only have like two posts. Then you should don't get on. follow Mike. Is what you're saying? Don't yeah, don't follow Mike. Um, yeah, you can find. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram, as is Mike. Um, you can also find us on the Facebook UHM Horror Group or the Horror Hangout, sorry, as the new name is. And yep. you can always f- also find us on the mother site, which is upcominghorrormovies.com. The mother yep. site. Yeah. <clears throat> hit us up. Uh, you can hit us up on Gmail, uhmpod at Gmail. If you yep. have any questions or suggestions. or if you, have any, if you think you have a movie that's worse than Howling 7, send it to me and let me know. Yeah, and don't s- prove you wrong. Don't send it to me or Mike. Just send it to <laughs> Ryan. Oh, I want to give a couple shout outs to um, some of the awesome sites and our friends out there. Uh, Amy, Blood, Guts, and Social Commentary. Yep. Uh, she's always awesome. She's got some uh, some new great videos on VHS only horror. I didn't watch the latest one. I don't know if Howling New Moon Rising is on it, but I'm going to make sure she knows. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we've got um, our buddies over at the Slaughtered Lamb, since we were talking about American World yep. of London, of course. Uh, they got a great site, and they're a good Facebook group as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend Evan started a new group, Haven of Horror. Um, that's on Facebook. It's real. He just started it last week. Small group. Uh, interesting stuff going on there. So those guys are all cool. You'll have to send us links or invites sure, to join. I'll, I'll, well, if I send you guys an invite, then you're just going to mess up the place. It's a what nice you, place. What are you right trying now. to say? <laughs> As long as no one posts a picture of the Saska sisters, I'll, I'll be I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if we could get a Mike kicked out of another <laughs> Facebook. <group. That's> <laughs> hey, here's a first. Let's see if we can get me kicked out of a Facebook group. That'd be interesting. <laughs> oh, and also, um, uh, uh, because we, um, we because we mentioned her, uh, Patty's Extreme Horror Cinema dot com and uh, Facebook group. Um, also, cool stuff going on there. So. All right, guys, that's about it. Uh, Thanks for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Yeah.